anyone who's here, welcome. Please let us know how you're feeling in the chat. Let us know you're here. As always, we like to shill for the uh, the thumbs ups because that helps the channel a lot, and it's totally free. So if you hit the thumbs up button, we really appreciate that. And um, if y'all have questions, super chats are the best way to make sure your questions get answered or your statements get read. But we're gonna keep an eye on the chat the whole time. So like, if you want to say what's up to to True Slayer, to Brandon, to Doug, whatever, like this is a uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Because and I'll say it right now as people are kind of trickling in. Like I was a fan of these guys. Like being a fan of like internet wrestling communities back in the day. So like, this is really cool for me. Similar to when we had Bill and Doug on together. This is like, I never thought I'd see the day when Josh true Slayer here below me would be on the same channel as Doug. And then you got Brandon in here. Who's been coming in and out of the show and always showing support and all the stuff we're doing. Like this, this is awesome to have you guys together, man. Thank Absolutely. You. Definitely always fun to be here. Yeah, especially sure. when you have to talk about, like I said, a pretty, pretty sweet show. Yes. Yeah. So let's just get into it. Um, Josh, if you want to go ahead and give us the uh, the, the hello all and welcome go. to this. <laughs> well, it's live rounds. Um, this is episode three. And uh, like I said, we have True Slayer here. We have Instant Classic 8. Um, of course, Steven and I and we're going to break down. um Fight, uh, we're going to break down double or nothing and basically all things pro wrestling. So I guess with the start of double or nothing, I mean, honestly, I thought Serena and Riho was really good. Like that, that was like to start off the pay-per-view and I thought that match was really good and it really set the tone for the the night. What did you guys think of the match? Ahead, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was great. Uh, my the thing that just as someone that watches a, like a lot of wrestling, and I think anyone that's watching this, you know, we always kind of nitpick. Yes. But the big thing is that Serena Deeb, even though she was getting a lot of cheers, she was playing heel, and she wasn't playing the heel that gets cheers. And yeah. I thought that was super important because she could easily do that. That's a really cheap way out, and she wasn't doing that, which she kind of yeah. needed to do with Rio. But it was. I was an great match i cannot like i have yet to see anyone that has come up with a pre-show match that was better than this you might be able to go to a a starting match that was better than this but not a pre-show match this was legit great in my opinion yeah yeah what do you think brandon yeah i'll say i would definitely so i think i mean obviously the one thing that helped it was the crowd i mean like you got all those people i don't know did they do any dark matches before or was this the actual first match i i think they did they tape dark beforehand I don't know is if they did that for the pay per view or not, but I, I think they did that on Fridays. I don't. Okay. I don't think they did oh, that okay. on I just know, or the Saturday I, or whatever the fans Thursday. Yeah, so it was like it was, this was the first match that they saw, and I mean they were super hot for it. And you know we saw those two. They had the match in the first round of the the women's tournament. I thought that was really good. But this one, I mean, like Josh said, it's just try to really hard to find a, an opening match that's that's as good as this one, or at least a pre show match, I should say. Well, yeah. and then they announced also that Rio has actually moved to the United States, so yeah. it looks like she'll be a regular now. And I mean, I think that's great. The women's division continues to improve in AEW, um, and uh, yeah, I, I thought this match was really good. Um, you know, it's it's funny like there's still people out there that have some stigma on uh, female wrestling, and of course, if anybody remembers back in the day, I used to kill female wrestling because I didn't really see a lot of great female talent. I mean, but now like it's night and day like there's yeah. so many great female wrestlers 
I'm a big fan of a lot of them. Um, so if people think that I have like that same opinion or perspective, it's completely false. My, my, my biggest thing back in the day was, is I just felt like they were getting their spot because they were females, but they weren't that good. And I was frustrated that they always had spots on the card when I didn't think they deserved it. But I mean, like I had never seen anything like a Sasha and Bailey NXT takeover type thing. Like once I started to see matches like that, I was like, Oh, okay. So like these women can really go. And, uh, that was just another example of a really good female match and, and something that I think AW has benefited by using, um, you know, the NWA partnership and being able to have Thunder Rosa and Serena, like those two have helped them a lot. And I think they will in the future as well. Yeah. And I I like that. uh, That Deeb is kind of like, I saw her, I picture her and Malenko wearing a, I think it was woman of a thousand holds shirts. And I was like, that's, that's a badass gimmick for her. I like that. Yeah. Um, that, Is that brand new? Did I miss that at all? uh, The picture I think I saw yesterday well, I mean, as um, far as the name, because I heard them say it oh, on the pay per view, I was like, "Where did it come from?" Like, did I miss that? I I think I missed it as well. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't notice it. I didn't really think about it until I saw the picture. But sure. like, it totally makes sense because I know for a second they were trying to get Big Swole over as like doing the Texas Cloverleaf, and and I mean, like, I didn't really see the connection between the two really. But like, Serena Deeb like really does remind me of like a female Lee Malenko in a lot of ways. I love how she works body parts, and I thought the finish of the yeah. match was really really good. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So I Which, guess that goes into the next match. Did you have something, Which, Josh? Sorry. I, I oh, yeah, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What I was going to say was um, the thing that I, like you were saying about, like, the women's wrestling. Yeah. You know, for the last year and a half, if you followed AEW, you definitely, if you followed AEW on Twitter, AEW has gotten, like, crushed by people about the mm-hmm. women's division, even though the very like the the foundation of the women's division was always supposed to be the japanese women until they could get people built up because you know wwe before aw officially started signed any women that had any sort of talent and if yeah. you don't believe me you need to look at the entire roster from ww from raw smackdown nxt nxt uk the people you don't even see on tv at all and see just how much depth there is that WWE just has, just couldn't use that they don't. And that was so that AEW could never have them. And then when the pandemic happened, you know, AEW, the, the, the core of what was supposed to be that women's division couldn't be used. And then everyone started griping and it's like, hey, what are you going to do? You either have these super green women that you can put on TV that is not going to do anybody any good because they're just going to look bad. Or you can just kind of go slowly, get somebody over like they did with Britt Baker, and there you go. So it, yeah. I, I think I think this show was also very much a a moment that really showed that that patience that they had really did show. And I think this was the start of it. Like I, when they announced this match, I said I thought this match should have been on the pay per view, and the Battle Royal should have been here. Because yeah. I knew it was like I said, this literally could steal the show, and it almost did. So yeah. I think that that says a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I I think with the with it being the opener, it was special still because they were the first ones to get to feel that crowd and 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 get that energy. And I thought that they did a really good job. And you know, honestly, like when I went to Double or Nothing when it, the company first started, like. 
that Yoshi vibe was very like different. Like I, I noticed people in the crowd, they didn't really know how to react to that. Like I helped Sheeta find the MGM grand gift shop. And I bear, I had no idea who she was. Like I knew that she was in there. Cause I saw her like in the program for Starcast, And I'm like, Oh, she's, she's something. But like, I had no idea. So we walked her down with all the Yoshi girls were all with her. And like, I only took a picture with Sheeta because I didn't know any of the other ones, right? Um, so it's just crazy to me, like how much that they've like established some of them, and I don't know if they will go with those plans to go back to those Japanese talents. But uh, I feel like even if they don't, like they still have a really good female roster that's starting to form. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely get back to that for sure with with the Britt Baker and uh, yeah, we'll um, definitely go there. She to match, yeah, for sure. Um, so let's go into Brian Cage, Adam Page. I thought this match was freaking awesome. Like, I loved this match, and it was like compared to their match that they had in Dynamite. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought this thing was dang near night and day. Like the the energy, the the risk they took, like. I feel like Adam Page is back to getting that momentum again. The crowd was fully behind him. Um, I think we're definitely heading to an Adam Page, Kenny Omega type of uh, pay-per-view feud that could dethrone Kenny's title reign. Um, but I, it, this was one of my favorite matches for sure. Yeah. This was, um, I was going to say was really good because uh, – especially Brian Cage, the thing with him, he has to wrestle a certain style. And normally when we see him, he doesn't wrestle that style. This was that style. This was like, I've heard, I heard a lot of people say the PWG style pretty much was that it was just him getting his shit in. And that's what he needed to do was that when he does that, you're just like, where has this guy been? And that helped the match. And also the fact that Adam Page was over like a megastar. And I think this, this you saw, kind of a theme of the night where they had been holding back on certain guys. I think Adam Page was one of those guys. Like we'll, we'll talk about another one later, but um, you could definitely see that. And yep. when he walked out, anyone that thought that like the stuff with the dark order had hurt him at all, that was, that, that was put in the backseat and forgotten because, Oh my Lord. Yeah. Go ahead, Steven. Oh, I was just going to bring up because, uh, Josh, you're you're a pretty big fan of Brian Cage, like historically, aren't you? I mean, yeah. I've heard you in videos talk about him quite a bit. What what have you thought about his like, like just like the FTW title? Like, do you think it's like something he should just ditch at this point because they haven't done anything with it? Because they didn't I even think, have it like on the match. It wasn't even defended. Yeah, or anything yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my like, I do not understand why they brought that title back. To be honest, like there was a part of me that thought maybe this match when we first kind of when they did the whole angle at the start to get to this match that what we were going to see to keep um, Adam Page busy was that they were gonna, he was going to defend the FTW championship. Adam Page was going to win it, and then he was going to be the guy to kind of go with it and give him something to do until you got to Kenny Omega. Uh, because I think one of the things is, is that it's really easy, and you saw that with Kenny Omega when you were talking about like what, what he's been doing with Impact where it's just like treading water and you're waiting for that next thing and it's not happening. And you're just like, eh, what's going on? But um, yeah, like I've been like when he, first time I ever saw him was in Lucha Underground. And then after I saw him in Lucha Underground, I started seeing him in, in 
somewhat in PWG. I've never been the biggest PWG fan, but um, it's just you don't see big guys like that. The only guy I can I can really say that is was like him would have been Mike Awesome in ECW back in the day. Um, but with the FTW, I think what we're going to see now is that Brian Cage has the FTW championship. And then, of course, at the end of the match, which this was the only, like, interference besides the Omega match with all the interference that happened um, that made any sort of sense, um, that we're going to see, like, he, Team Taz is going to try to get that title from him. And I think if that's what we get, I think that's fine. But we definitely, like, it's been kind of pointless that they use this title. And as a someone that it was a huge ECW fan and understands kind of the lineage of that title, that that title was used because Taz could not get a world title shot. So he basically created his own title, which is why he eventually lost it to Sabu and all of that. And you can look that up. And it's a really actually a great storyline that people should see because it's it's one that definitely should probably be copied at some point. But yeah, that I like I'm a huge fan of Brian Cage and hopefully this we kind of start seeing that direction. Um, probably my biggest gripe with AEW is the fact that we get these kind of start stop things with them sometimes and they're kind of chaotic that way. But I think we really actually see where this is going and we'll probably get like Brian Cage and Starks down the road for that title and it'll be pretty it'll be important. It won't just be like a feud that guys are having it'll be a feud that actually seems to be important so yeah there you I, go i think that's i think I, that's a really good idea with uh, them trying to get the title back brandon what did you think about the match and like the ftw title and all that stuff i the, the title doesn't really i mean i don't feel like they're treating it like anything so i don't really care about it too much i mean i would love to see them do something with it but the fact is you just bring it out there with them each week so it's almost just like a prop as far as the match i thought the match was awesome i mean this was in the middle of like a triple threat of great matches between Serena Deeb and Riho and this match and obviously the tag title match that came up next. So it was just really awesome to see. I, I think the just the, the look on Heyman's face when he came out and he saw like the crowd was still like behind him. Like it was just almost like a little motivation for a lot of these guys, honestly, just to be able yeah. to do well. Like you like I don't know if you guys watched any of Dark Elevation and Darker this week, but they had crowds and you can see a lot of those guys performing for the first time and a lot of those guys want to start getting motivated. So I think both of them were just motivated to come out here and have a really good match and, and they definitely delivered. And and when it comes to the crowds too, like I honestly don't think it's gonna let up once touring starts. Like I think it, all the crowds are gonna be hot once they start going to other places. And like I, I'm serious when I say this. Like when I went to um, AW Austin, the Dynamite, and Adam Page came out. Like I almost had like Stone Cold vibes. Like he was over, and I feel like, and it's crazy too because when he faced Jericho at All Out, like it wasn't that way. It was rushed, and they didn't let him really like build that character. And now. It's there, and you can tell that, like you said, they've been treading water where they're like, let's let's just try to get to this point. Let's just try to get to this point. And uh, I think I think they're there, man. And like I said, once touring starts, like I expect Adam Page to uh, to be I, possibly even all out Adam Page, Kenny Omega for for the title. I think I, I, I think, just feel like that's a little bit too early for me. Maybe like another pay per view cycle, but because I feel like they can just I feel like they can go go a while with this before they actually have a first match. But I mean, I'm not going to complain if we get that soon. I just feel like they can stretch out just a little bit further. 
Yeah, I feel well, like the same way. Yeah. Here, here's a what if what if you do the first match, he loses again, right? Then we get maybe the matches that we kind of want, right? Yeah. With with the new Japan guys, mm. and then after that, after Omega looks like okay, now he's unbeatable, then Page beats him. So we wait maybe another year, but we have all of this other stuff going on. So what do you, what do you guys think about that? I, I, Is that too I, long? I'm all for it. it I'm all for, for it. it. And, and also we're talking, you know, talking to the FTW title. Like if they're not going to do anything with it, I say have Kenny win it. Like that's just another belt to have him carry around. Like why not? Yeah. And I would love to see Kenny and Brian Cage. I think they yeah. would freaking tear it up. So I'm all for that too. Yeah. But it's I, all about the story. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I think it's it's one of those things where, like, eight, something I love so much about AEW is a lot of the time they go kind of the predictable route, but it's just, like, it's just the right thing to do a lot of the time. Like, most fans expect Kenny Omega to lose the belt to Hangman at some point. Like, that's the route that everyone wants them to go and thinks that they'll go. And if they just do it, everyone's going to be happy. Like, it's, it's like the problem these other companies have where they just, like, want it just, you know, you know, just just to swerve the fans constantly, but like right. when AEW just sticks to stories that make sense, like it, it works out great. Don't overthink it. Yes, they overthink yeah. it. Yeah, they they overthink it. It. I mean, sometimes they overthink it. Yes, for sure. For That's sure. very true. Especially like even AEW, like some of their finishes and stuff. Like to me, blood and guts, the barbed wire match, all that stuff. Like, man, don't overthink it. Don't get too crazy. Just just give us a, a, a ending that makes sense, and everybody will be happy. You know what I mean? So. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought the match was awesome. I think both guys are, are big stars in the making. Um, like I said, I'm a big fan of Brian Cage as well. To me, this was like his coming out party almost for AEW. Like he debuted at double or nothing last year and you know, there were like no crowds and like he got to face Moxley at like the fight for the fallen show. And then it was just kind of like not much after that. So, um, he did look awesome in the cinematic match with Sting, though. Like, he did look like that killer. I, I liked his presentation. But it was almost like he and Ricky Starks are like 1A to 1B. And I feel like he's way above Ricky Starks. And we'll see what happens. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, there we go. Super chat from Chris. Yeah, super chat from Chris. Um, Union boys, glad to see Doug and Josh on the same live stream. It only took 14 years. <laughs> also, it looks like Double or Nothing did a great buy rate. Yeah, I mean, from what I'm hearing, like 125000 which, I mean, to me, in the era of streaming and all that stuff, like, to, to be able to pull that type of number, I think, really speaks well for AEW. I don't know how much bigger the number can get. But, like, I know that Bill and I, we don't normally order pay-per-views, but we order every AEW pay-per-view. Like, we make sure we order them. Um, so it's always something to look forward to. I think their quarter pay-per-views or every quarter is definitely a good idea. Um, but I really do like the idea of having, like, a Clash of the Champions type show as well because, in my opinion, if AEW doesn't have that, it, it loses focus and it gets kind of scattered and it goes all over the place. And I feel like as long as they have something to build towards, they're way more focused and it's a way more uh, enjoyable show. It makes a lot more sense. What I, what I think is more important, though, than the actual number is there's proof that every one of these shows the next year is doing more buys than the year before. Like last year's double or nothing. This year outperformed last year. Like as long as they're growing. That's what I'm concerned. I'm not concerned with like an actual number. 
as long as it's growing. So that that's why I'm at with that. Well, I also think that it puts to rest any 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 arguments that the the dud hurt the company <laughs> at all <laughs> because that definitely like like people got over it. They handled yeah. it the exact way they should have handled it. You know, crap happens. It happens to every promotion. You know, um, well, and what I love too is just the fact that like because there's a pay per view every quarter. By the time that the pay-per-view mm-hmm. has come, you have forgotten about all that. You're so pumped for the, the new pay-per-view, and it's like there's a buzz. You can feel it in the air. Like it just it it's a lot kind of like a mania weekend or something. It's a it's it's just different, and it's only four times a year. And I and I feel like that's such a huge difference from what the WWE does. Like their pay-per-view is like, oh, there's a pay-per-view on Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, I might check it out if if I don't have anything else to do. But like AEW, like you make sure that you clear the schedule. We're watching that. You know what I mean? So, so. so let's get into the Young Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston. Uh, this entrance was freaking awesome. I mean, the wild thing, it was amazing. I don't know if Moxley got so fired up he didn't even know where to go because he just goes one direction Start. He throws that water bottle. He throws the chair. Eddie's like cracking up, and then like he turns back around, and then he makes sure he grabs the shoes. Like they just left those shoes on the ground. Like anybody could have took those things, but like it, it was just like, and that's the type of stuff when you watch as a fan, you're just like, man, this they're just so much cooler than the WWE. Like, well, just- especially like they're wearing a Mox is in a Trent Acid T-shirt and Kingston's wearing a Bad News Bears jersey. I mean, it literally doesn't get yes. any cooler than that. You know what I mean? Yes. And then like another thing too is like, is it just Moxley that's over? And in the and the answer is no because like oh, yeah. Eddie gets in the ring and they're chanting Eddie Eddie and he's like you know air guitar in it and it's just like, whoa, you know. Yeah. And then the Bucks come out looking the most ridiculous, over-the-top, silly nonsense. It is the funniest thing. And, like, they both now have, like, beards and Nick's stupid nose ring. And it's just – it just cracks me up. But I really like them as heels because I think they're they're at the point to where, like, no matter what they do as a face, they're going to get hate. So you might as well just get hate being a heel and just let them be what they want to do. So, but overall, I thought the match was great. I thought, you know, Young Bucks on pay per view, in my opinion, is can't miss. They always deliver, and uh, I'm a big fan of the Young Bucks. So, what'd you guys think? I was hoping that uh, Moxley and Kingston were going to win. Like, I just thought that that would have been a really cool moment, and also thought that it would have been cool to see them come out to the crowd when they go back into the arenas and they're walking back out as champion, especially after Mox was the world champion. He held it down for the whole year without any crowd. So it would have been cool to see him have some type of goal to be able to do that. But other than that, I mean, the match, I mean, it's my favorite match of the night. Maybe it ran just a little bit too long, but I still, like, it, it didn't, like, it wasn't too long to, like, hinder my, my enjoyment of it. I, I thought it was a really good match. So I love this. This was, this was, this was my match of the night, too. Um, I was so happy for Eddie Kingston. This yeah, was yeah. like as somebody that like had watched him for a long time and had always been like this guy is so good, especially on promos and yep. just looking at him and going, he's never going to get a chance. He's never ever going to get a chance. And he finally got his chance and he just he ran with it. And I don't know if you guys had seen the inter- 
view that Mox had done, where he talked about the fact that he didn't think Eddie understood just how over he was going to be. Yeah. And uh, so it was cool just to see him, especially when that he hit that hot tag, and he and the place went absolutely crazy, and it was like, yeah, he's there. He yep. has he has officially arrived. And then also as a guy who kind of when I was in my 20s and watching the four pillars from all Japan and seeing him bust out all those moves, I was, I was, my wife was watching with me and she just, she doesn't understand when that stuff happens. And I'm just dying. And she's like, what? And I said, he's pulling out the stuff from Japan and it's, it's so great. And you just don't understand. I can't, it's take me hours just to explain it. Um, so it was, it was really good. Um, I have not, oh, I'm not the, Biggest Young Bucks fan, I think they're an amazing tag team. It's just sometimes I think that they, they're they too cute for their own mm-hmm. purposes sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, they delivered. They're, they're, they are have always been so much better as heels, in my opinion, because they just uh, they get really swarmy, and it's yep. great. And I think the best thing is, is that Excalibur, who is who very much has seen them as heels, can just kind of talk about that and be like, hey, I've been friends with these guys. I've seen them when they're like this. It's a different deal when they're like this. So him being able to do that. Um, but, yeah, this match was 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 just – and they had the, the crowd just in the palm of their hands for the whole match. And when that happens, I love that because I'm, I'm, I'm such a big – like my two favorite wrestlers growing up were the great Muda and Jake the Snake Roberts, who were considered two of the masters of psychology, So when, especially yeah. in crowds. And when I see people just being able to play the crowd like that, love it, love it, love it, love it. This was this was so good, so much better than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, incredible, incredible match. I, I this was my second favorite match of the night. I think it was the best match of the night. Just personally, there's one that I liked a little bit more, which we're going to get into. Which I've already. I mean, I'm wearing the shirt. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but and that's also we'll get into it. But but um. Another thing I liked about this match too was that you've been seeing it more with Moxley lately, almost like the old like Hogan, like hulking up style he's doing, where like he's getting to these points in yeah. matches, especially with the crowd back now. Like you see it in his eyes and the way he's shaking, the way he like points over to Eddie in the corner and stuff. And it's like the crowd, like the crowd is so, like, and, and he's so believable. He's the only guy out there going out there and doing blood sport and wanting to fight Nick Gage and GCW and like all the cool stuff he's doing. And it's like now, and but he can also do like the like the sports entertainment aspect so well too. So it's like, I think Moxley's in a great spot. I think Kingston's in a great spot. And like this, this in my opinion was the best. Like if you, if I had to pick the best match of the night, bias aside, I think that this was the best match of the night. I think yeah. the other thing too was like matches like this, like you were saying with Mox, is the fact that it's like, why did WWE have this guy doing comedy? Why did they turn him into a comedy? Because this is like, this is what fans have wanted WWE to have at least one character like, and and Steen is kind of like that, but not not really. He's he's not really, but it's kind of like, where has this guy been? And I mean, they finally did that with Roman Reigns, and that's why he's like, now everyone's like, oh my god, where has this been? It's been like, well, this is who we've wanted Roman Reigns right. to be for <laughs> since forever. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it. A lot of this show also, I think, as I think Doug kind of 
hinted at was also kind of an indictment on WWE in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because you can see, you there's one company that is definitely even without fans was listening to fans and you have another company that it's kind of you can see still is not really listening to fans and has that kind of resentment to fans and when the crowds come back and we probably probably about a month when we get into the crowds back, I think you're going to see that a lot. I think you're going to go back to the WWE. You know, you're going to have on Raw half the stadium filled, people yep. sitting on their hands, people just being there to be there, and then you're going to see AEW and people are going to be alive during the whole thing. When I went to the show here in Kansas City, my wife went with me, and she was amazed at like how different it was. I was like, this is what wrestling is supposed to be. Yep. Like, and she's like, really? I said, yeah, this is what it's supposed to be. And like that would, and it was hot like that all the way through. Cause they taped dark afterwards up until they kicked us out of the building. And it was so good. And I will also add just if I don't get to mention this later, when people talk about the merch line at AW shows, that is no lie. That is the craziest thing I have ever seen in my life. Um, like they were sold out of stuff here in Kansas City before a lot of stuff before the show even started, and I've never been to a show like that. And so, you know, if you're if you're into the business side of it, to think that they're able to do that, and it's not like they're not bringing stuff to sell. Um, it's kind of crazy, to be honest. And you see everybody wearing, you know, all the stuff that they bought. You see, guy, people spending tons of money on expensive merch. And you're just like, I can't believe this many people are buying this stuff. It's it's kind of amazing. So yeah, it's it's wrestling fans that for the last like decade plus have wanted to give <laughs> wrestling our money, and they're finally giving us a product. We're like, it's like awesome. Here, take all my money. Like this is what we were waiting for. So, yeah, it's like with the, with the pay per views. I mean, I, you know, people still gripe because they're like, well, it's it's a fifty dollar pay per view, right? And especially in the like like in the age of streaming when you know you can get every wwe pay-per-view for basically 9.99 a month or not even that now now what is it it's five dollars a month yeah, <laughs> yeah five, five bucks a night yeah right um and the fact that aw just keeps growing i think says a lot and especially you know pay-per-view is dead that's what we heard when the network started was that pay-per-view was dead you know forget what UFC was doing, forget what boxing was doing, forget what everything else was doing that was just like, no, pay-per-view's not dead, just none of you were giving anyone a product that they want to spend pay-per-view money on. Yes. No, No, I agree. And and speaking of merch line, there was one, you know, I've seen AEW merch, but dude, New Japan in Dallas was the most ridiculous line I had ever (laughs) seen. Like, it literally was like wrapped around the building, and people were buying like full-on New Japan track suits and everything else because a lot of the stuff you can only get from like japan so like mm-hmm. people were going crazy there um one thing i wanted to mention about this match though is i liked how the bucks did not like win in just a little cowardly way like you know what i mean like they killed moxley they basically killed him to to beat him and i think it made I think it made the Bucks look good, and I also think it didn't hurt Moxley at all because he just took like a bunch of knees to the face till he couldn't couldn't go anymore. You know what I mean? So I like that. Plus, did you notice that the Bucks were doing an homage to the Mega Powers and yeah. the Shield? Yeah, like I picked up on that too. So, uh, but man, like they were like 
they were so over the top. Like I can imagine people that hate them, like really hate them right now. So, but I did think the match was awesome. And it's like, you wouldn't necessarily think that those guys would have had the greatest match, but it's just something to me. Like, it doesn't matter who you put in there with the bucks on pay-per-view. I mean, I thought MJF and Jericho was a really good match too. And that wasn't something that I necessarily expected either. And I'm just at the point now, if the Bucks are on pay-per-view, like expect a great match. Like it's, that's what's going to be. Yeah. And, and Moxley's selling of that match was so good. Like he would get beat up like so badly, tag out to Kingston. But then by the time Mox would get tagged back in, like he'd still be groggy from getting beat up before. Like he'd walk right into super kicks. Cause like he couldn't keep his hands up. Right. And I was like, it's just, it's just so, it's, cause you're so conditioned to like hot tag, you know, it's a bunch of stuff. Guy goes on another hot tag, and you're just so used to it. Like I love seeing like the it just seems so much more realistic the way that they're that he was doing it. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't say enough good things about that match. Who do the uh, Bucks? Who do you think they go against next? Dude, I'm thinking honestly, I think they might do it. Is Sting and Darby? Like I just mm. feel like that they could do that. Like you're talking two of the biggest baby faces versus, Sting versus the heels. The Bucks. Wow. And <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I, and I almost feel like the Bucks would want to do it just to be like in your face, TNA. Like you, we were never even like used at all, not even talked about, and now we're gonna go head up with one of your top guys. You know what I mean? They but like wear, I don't know uh, if that'll be color. like a a dynamite match or what, but like when I was watching Sting and Darby, like I literally was thinking to myself, like, I think they could pull this off and have a match with the Young Bucks. And you could definitely do that at all out too. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. then that's that's what? That's two matches for Sting. Then he can, you know, you can do whatever you're gonna do. You can have them lose and then he's done for a year and it's and it's fine. Because you know, he could probably have one more match with especially the way they set up that match, which I know we'll get into, but Yeah. But that, that, that was one I thought about. Like, I think that they could pull that off. And I think that they would love to do that. So, um, and if you were talking about like over babyface tag teams, there there is no more over than that. So, yeah. Because yeah, I, I don't know who else you can use because it definitely looks like you're still going to get FTR and Ortiz and Santana, but, yeah. you know, them feuding for a while. Unless you bring in somebody. Which, you know, I could see them doing that. I could see them bringing in, you know, the whole, like, there's still promotions out there that we've not seen them be with yet. And, I mean, ultimately, if you were really going to go down that road, you could do the Young Bucks versus the Gorillas of Destiny. And that would be, there are fans that would go, especially if you set it up, especially if you follow both of them on Twitter and you follow the Gorillas of Destiny on Twitter, you could set that up so easy as kind of like, hey, you know, we are the original Bullet Club. You guys need to go away. So, yeah, no, I that I'm I'm all for either one of those. Yeah, those are all good options. I, I think if the Young Bucks wrestle Sting and uh, Darby, I think it'd be cool mm-hmm. if the Young Bucks came out in like the old like Surfer Sting face paint too. Like, just like, it. yeah, I think they that'd be awesome. Do it. They would absolutely do it. But yeah. So at this point, I'm like, man, when is this pay-per-view going to start to, like, dip? Because this thing is a straight fire. Like, it's been three matches in a row now that have just been great. Um, the Casino Battle Royal, I, uh, I'm i not so sure I love the concept. I mean, I just feel like it's theirs. It's original, so I give them that. But, like, it's, it's hard to really get overly behind, I guess. And I really – this is where we need to talk about, to me – 
is Jim Ross. Like, I think that he needs to go. He has been completely awful. And I just want somebody that's in that commentator booth that actually loves the product and is excited to be there. He is not. And you can tell. Like, and, like I think that there was a moment, too, where he didn't even know Orange Cassidy's name. He's like, oh, if Kenny Omega beats um, – uh, uh, pack and uh, uh, and Excalibur's like Orange Cassidy, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's the best wrestler in the world. Trying to cover up for saying that Randy Orton was the best wrestler in the world when he that when he said that, but then like he makes comments too, like where he's like, "Well, that was a good match and it was easy and it and it made sense." And it you know it's like, dude, why are you talking about stuff like that? And I also remember when they were talking about Pack during the match. And I'm going all over the place, but with Jim Ross in, in particular, it's like he's like, I wonder who the people in the UK are cheering for, and nobody like commented back. They were just kind of <laughs> like, let's let him do his own thing. He's kind of in his own corner. Like, I just feel like there's so many more talented commentators that would fit this product so much more than Jim Ross at this point, and I and I feel like he's actually starting to hurt the product, and. I don't know what you guys think, but to me, he really came across as a guy that just he needs to go. I will say this: I'm probably one of the few people who, because when they when they hired him, I figured this is not a AEW thing because if you because he already was not liked by certain people in AEW when he was hired. I think this was a Turner, like no, this is who we want you to have. To me, what they need to do is I think Jim Ross needs to do the Shivani role and Shivani needs to be the lead commentator. I yeah. think I think that mm-hmm. would fix a lot of the issues. Um, because Tony definitely is much more into the product. Yeah, Tony's I agree. Been great. And then also Paul Wright was horrible during this. It was like, why is he out there? He's not adding anything. Which which is a which is kind of shocking because during elevation he's been pretty good. Yeah. as a commentator, so I was kind of shocked. I don't know if it was maybe because there were four of them out there that's and he I was kind of like, which that's one of my other big issues with the commentary is sometimes I think they have way too many people out there, and it's like you know, you already have three. You don't need four, sometimes five people out there talking over each other. Um, I am also not a fan of this. I feel this is definitely like a pre-show type thing. However, and I said that before, I, I when they announced the Deeb and Riho match, I said that match should be on the pay-per-view and this match should have been on the pre-show. That said, given who won, yeah, um, I take that back because yeah. you can definitely see that they were like, okay, the crowds are back. It's Jungle Boy time. Yep. And I mean, the, the music helps, but I think he would have been over already. There's just, there's something about him like, my wife, not even knowing who his dad was, the first time she saw him was like, he looks like somebody. And I'm like, well, and I tell her and she's like, oh, yeah, it's 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 him with long hair. Yeah. And, um, you know, and you can you can just see it and you can see it in him and the and the the way he's progressed. And I think this is also very interesting because when he was signed, I would have put myself in this boat, too, of, well, I kind of understand that. Um, but he, he'll be a project, you know, mm-hmm. that was two years ago mm-hmm. and he's already like one of the hottest guys. You can definitely see it for as young as it is. I mean, you look at, there's him, there's MJF, um, 
Orange Cassidy to a degree, I would say. But there's Darby. a lot of young guys on the on that roster. Um, yeah. And you cannot say that about WWE at all. And I think that's one of the other things. I mean, I'm I will be 47 in a month, and I can see it. Where yeah. it's like, you know, this is not... Because when I grew up watching wrestling, that's what you had. You had young guys. You had older guys on top. But it was, you know, wasn't everyone was like that. And it wasn't a bunch of guys who were pretending to be young, being young. You had some guys like that, but not like this. But that pop when the fans realized that he was going to win and when he won, that was that was something. And I was glad that he was able to experience that. So, And, and I, he's the other guy that I think you can see they were kind of just treading water with for a long time. And now that the fans are back, it's like, okay, it's time to go. So I think you can see a lot of AEW fans are into the homegrown talent a little bit more than they are the others. Because like you saw like Christian came out and he got a good reaction, but then like someone like Max Caster, like he got like a surprisingly good reaction. I'm a, fan. Like, a little bit bigger, I'm a, a little bit bigger I'm than or, uh, or or ten. Ten got a right. Big, yeah, I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, you know, because I mean, yeah. he's like the Honestly, number even the dark six order guy. in general. The dark order yeah. got a pretty good reaction, like, they're they're over, so yeah, no, I, I, uh, when it was down to him and Christian, it was like, are they gonna do the right thing? Because we've seen this time and time again in the WWE where it would absolutely have been Christian winning, the fans would have been not happy, and that's the end, and they don't care. But, like, the way that they did it, it was so perfect. I think the music is a huge thing. Like, I think it, it, it's just such a party atmosphere. And it, it's kind of like, like Daniel Bryan's Yes chant where, it like, Daniel Bryan is great, right? Fantastic. But it allowed the audience to be more interactive to support him. And I feel that that's the same way with Jungle Boy's music. Like, they love him, but with the music, it just puts it completely over the top. And again, like if you're watching that from home and you're seeing everybody do this and like the big the big song and everybody's going crazy, like that is where you're like, man, this is different. This is different than that other stuff that I've been watching. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I think that they've really hit a home run on some of their music. And uh, I thought that this match was was good. And, and it is kind of cool, though, too, to see who is over and who might not be so over, you know, because it gets to see each entrant and they we haven't really been able to tell. Um, Leo Rush got a pretty good pop, honestly, right. for, for being there. And uh, I like him in AEW if that's where he's going to be. It sounds like he signed with New Japan and like he's just kind of been used as a loner, I guess. But um, I think he, he could bring something to the product as well. So overall, this match wasn't like my favorite, but the finish I absolutely loved. Like the moment when him winning really sticks out when I think about this pay-per-view. So again, I... At this point, I'm like, this pay-per-view is amazing. And, and when is this thing going to start to dip? You know what I mean? So, Well, that's about to happen. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else we can really talk about with the with the Battle Royal. Although I will say, this is another great example, this Battle Royal of, like, AEW does so much that makes sense that, like, the, everything was pointing towards Christian winning. And because they usually just go the route that just, like, makes sense, I was like, you know what? The point is have Christian win. Because, like, he'll wrestle Kenny Omega. It'll be good. People want to see it. Like, there's no harm in doing that. Um, but then it was like, 
oh, okay, like they gave me Jungle Boy. Like I really wanted Jungle Boy. Like and 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 because I was so sure they're going with Christian, they actually did kind of swerve me on the Jungle Boy thing. But it was a great a great choice. So like, this another great example of like just just really good booking here. And I, Jungle Boy is going to be massive for them. He'll be he'll be the world world champion with the next probably two years or so. I, I'd have to think like they're gonna they're gonna really push him. Well, I mean, like I said, in my opinion, the young guys. It's, it's Jungle Boy, it's Darby, it's MJF, it's Sammy Guevara. I, he's mm-hmm. over. Like, well, oh, whether yeah. people like him or not, he really is over. Um, and Jungle Boy. Like, those those five have really stuck out to the point to where you could see them being main eventers in the future when, like, the Elite and all them are gone. Well, and I would also, like, um, I can't remember what I was going to say. Um it happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was going to comment on what what Steven said. What, what do you What do you guys think I, of Max Caster? Like, oh, this is what I, I was going to say. Yeah. That they are going to give you what you wanted that you didn't know you wanted, yeah. which is a which is a Christian and Matt Hardy feud. Yeah, oh, right. Which, yeah, I know. Which right. they teased, and then we we're gonna. It's like, oh, okay, that's what. So yes, good. good yeah, point. It, it, <laughs> it's like. I just feel like they have a they have a they have a pulse there. Like they understand the pulse of the wrestling business, what the fans want. Like, and it's like, okay, this isn't working. Let's pivot and go here. Or, you know, like they always do that, no matter what. Like it never just stays bad. If they made a bad decision, they usually fix it. Like, um, it's just, like I said, I feel like Tony Khan is one of us, and he gets it. And there's times where I think he goes a little bit too far on some stuff and he'll also overrate stuff too high. Like he'll be like, I was the greatest pay-per-view ever. And like, eh, calm down there. But, but that's like, part of his job too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But overall, like I, I love Tony Khan. Like the guy is, the guy has absolutely killed it since coming in. So yeah. And, and to answer your question about Max Castor real quick, like I was, I was on his team, like pretty much the first time I saw him, like people were like kind of, weren't a big fan of like the kind of John Cena thugonomics type stuff he was doing at first. But like, I saw, I saw a lot of potential there. And I also knew he came from creative pro with Hawkins and those guys, like they do a really good job at that school of getting people TV, right. really quickly if the talents there. So like I've, I've had really high expectations for max. And I think he's going to be, I like Anthony Bowens as partner as well. I just think Castro is going to be like the, the star of that group. Yep. For sure. For sure. And I think when the live crowds come and those 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 raps, I mean, I think he's going to get over fast. It happened with Cena, and I think that it's going to happen with him too. When he's clever, like they're funny. Yep, they are. Yeah. And like, it, I don't know if you've ever gone to his um, YouTube page, but like, I mean, he does these like freestyle Fridays, and he just goes on and on and on. Like, it's not like something that he just um, he's really limited. Like, if he gives time with it, I think he can come up with some really good stuff. So, I think he's going to get over. Like the edge line. On yeah, Christian. that was that was yeah. good. Yeah, that was really <laughs> good. And uh, yeah, so talking about uh, uh, Matt Seidel slipping off the ropes and stuff. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. clever. It's funny. The whole Dustin look at me thing, though. He lost it there. I was like, uh, no, <laughs> cut that out. But yeah, it was a. It, like I said, there's a there's a lot of up and coming talent, and if you go back, it, talk about the other company. Eh. Like a lot of these guys are like 36 in NXT and like 35 and like and no sight of being a future star for them. Like they're not going to use them That's and it. they're just like happy to be there. The the know? best, the best wrestling you'll see in the WWE right now. I'm not even exaggerating is 205 live. Like that half hour of 205 live. Like you get Alex Zane, you get Anthony Henry, like you get, 
you get solid wrestling for a half hour, and it's the show that nobody pays attention to. But it's like their best actual in-ring oh. wrestling. It's wild. Why would you? They don't put no time into it. So why would you pay attention to it? You know. Well, I pay attention because I have to cover it. But 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 the average Joe that's watching WWE, right. like, why would they ever turn on two hundred five live? Exactly. There's no consequence to like anything that happens on Raw or SmackDown. Like at best, you might get on NXT on Tuesday and wrestle Kushida. Like that's like right. the the big prize you could possibly. So you're you're totally right about that, Brandon. One hundred percent. So are we at the Cody match now? Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh man, this hurts this, so bad. This kind of tanked the show. So this tanked the show this, a little bit. This hurts yeah. so bad. Well, and the thing is too is like. Cody is always like super over with the crowd, right? Like that is one of the biggest reactions that you normally get. And the Cody chants are like throughout, and like, yeah, they weren't they weren't feeling it. Like it just this is this is where I think because that promo that he cut, this is to defend WWE. This is why you have writers. I firmly believe if you had had a writer, they could have written, they could have sat down and written a promo, that promo that he wanted to cut, and it would have been a thousand times better. There's a lot of things that he wanted to say that you could have said that wouldn't have come off as like as hammy or as as forced or as just not probably what he wanted to say and how it sounded. That if you had had a some sort of writer sit down and say, okay, this is how we do it, this is how we say the things you want to say and still connecting with the fans and not be this jumbled mess that makes it like, okay, why am I cheering this guy? Because there's no, you know, I'm supposed to hate the other guy for what exactly. And I think that was part of it. Um, Yeah. And it didn't help that he's in there with a super green guy, which was a, a massive thing. And I get why he went as long as he did. I tweeted, I think before the show that, this was this was his chance to pull a Triple H, what Triple H should have done a thousand times that he never did, which was, all right, this isn't working, let's go home. Yes, yeah, and and I think at the ten minute mark, that's when they should have done that because I think yeah. I think at that point he could have said, okay, let's get all of your shit in, and then we'll go to the finish so that yeah. you can still look good because he did do uh, he did do some good looking things. But because it was so prolonged, it was just like, okay, let's get to the let's 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 get this over with. Well, and then it and then it wound up being a vertebraker, which like that could have been an audible too, where they're just like, you know what, just count three. Like we got to get yeah. out of here. Like yeah. right. he's never finished a match with a vertebraker ever in his career. So like, right. No, and I, I, I'm with you there. And like personally, the way that that Anthony Gogo was built up, and the way that he had been finishing people. I thought, like, if he landed any punches, like, Cody was done. Like, that's the way that they kind of built this thing. And all of a sudden, they're having, like, this drawn, long, drawn-out match, and I'm like, oh, so, like, we're going here? And then, and then, like you said, Cody finishes him with something he never wins with. Like, it was just – it was flat. It was just really flat. And it seems like it's not over. Like, they're now going to have a tag match on Dynamite, and I'm like, dude, like, this is – and it's like I understand you wanted to help out your hand-picked guy, Anthony Agogo, but like, it, like you're you're putting him almost in a worse position now because there's more expectations on the TV time that he's getting, and he doesn't look ready to me. What do you think, Brandon? I it's hard for me to care about. I care about individual pieces of like the factory 
and some things about like uh, Nightmare Family and like Lee Shotty and all that. But it's really hard for me to care about this feud between the two. And like this match in particular, like I've, I've, I watched this show twice. Um, so I watched it when it was live and I went back and watched the whole thing, um, except this match. I skipped over it because I was like, OK, I don't I don't want to see this because it's going to probably bring me down the way it brought me down when I was watching it um, here. I just I, I don't know. Like I don't I, I'm I'm I guess glad that Cody won because I thought that a go-go winning in this spot. I don't know if that would have been right. Yeah, especially just how how he looked. And before, I would have thought like, oh, it would have been nice if he actually won the match. But watching it, I'm actually glad that he didn't. I don't know where they go with this. Hopefully, you know, like you said, it's probably going to be something more. But hopefully, they don't spend too much time on this because, like I said, this match, it just, it, I, I wasn't entertained watching this at all. Yeah, it, it, it was that was rough. And just real quick, like I think part of the reason why, because I was really hyped for like, I, I know I've never spoke to Josh, but like I went to high school with Cody, so like I'm very like. Big, big Cody Rhodes fan from, like, back when he was wrestling in high school. Like, followed his whole career. Huge fan. Was super pumped up for him to come out as the American Dream. I've had the chance to meet Dusty. Like, I thought this was, like, the coolest thing ever. But it just, the American Dream thing. I saw some people tweeting about it, and I agreed. Like, I think part of why it feels, why it felt flat was, one, the promo was confusing and all over the place and a very divisive, like, whether you like that promo or not. And then on top of that, what made Dusty Rhodes so great was, like, he was like the common man, but Cody like, isn't like Cody's like a very, like you can tell he's wealthy and like, he carries himself like an upper class type person. And like, so it's just not, it's not the same thing as what the American dream dusty Rhodes was, which I think is hurt, hurting Cody a little bit with that too. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Cause Cody looks like a model. Right. Dusty didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Exactly. And I mean, like Cody's Cody's like robe tights, the whole thing. I mean, he was he was all out. Like he went he went for it for sure. But like, I I don't know. He kind of looked like like um, like what he normally looks like mixed with like Kurt Angle. Like it just was way over the top. So uh, and Sting, he looked like that. That have you ever seen oh, from yeah. one of the American bashes? Oh yeah, Sting had that almost, which I would imagine that's probably what he was going for since he's such yeah. a big Sting fan. But that, like, it was just like, eh. but yeah. <laughs> and I was looking kind of forward to the match because I wanted to see what Cody could do with him. Yeah. Um, but and and the fact that you know every time that AEW has basically put in a spot where you have you know somebody who was super green. Or somebody that you didn't think they'd be able to have a good match with, here you go, and they delivered. And this is the first time they didn't. So, I, I think I think maybe that was a learning experience, too. Yeah, for sure. So, what was next after this? The Miro and Archer. Okay. Um, oh, match. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say this real quick. I told Doug we, we were talking in direct messages. Like, I had some buddies over that some of them don't really watch wrestling. They just get hyped up and come over for AEW. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't pay them to come over and watch WrestleMania, but like, like they'll come watch AEW because we actually got to go see AEW live in Atlanta. Like me and my buddies before the pandemic. So like, they went once and they were like, "This is completely different than the BS you're trying to make us watch on Monday nights." Like, so, um, so I was wanted to put this out there. Lance Archer to like my non-wrestling fans, they thought he was like the best thing on the show. They were like, this guy's incredible. Like he's huge. He's jumping over the ropes. He's throwing people all over the place. Like, 
So I just want to throw that out there. Like to the non-wrestling eye, Lance Archer got over with all my friends immediately. So just wanted to put that out there. And I was I was with Bill, right? You know, we you know big TNA fans, and I'm like, man, can you believe that was Lance Hoyt? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah yes. Brandon, the rock and rave. Yeah. So it's like it, it's it, and and man, when I first told Bill, like I'm like, dude, like Lance Archer, New Japan's actually pretty good. He's just looking at me like, he's Lance Hoyt. Like, what are you talking about? But like, he gets it now. You know what I mean? So, um, but no, I I, I thought the match was solid. It's two big men. I'm kind of surprised how over Miro is. Like, like I didn't expect that, but. He's got like a, a vibe that people are buying in as like a killer now. And uh, I feel like he's going to have a pretty decent title reign, at least lengthwise. Um, but like, I'm the only thing I hated about this match is I knew Miro wasn't going to lose. Like, there was no like, what happened here or whatever. Like, you knew Miro was going to win. So, but I, I did think it was a pretty good match. Yeah. I, I was looking very forward to this. I like Haas matches. That's kind of my yeah. thing. And um, hey, I was looking very forward to this. Yes. <laughs> the uh, but I, I was a little disappointed in this. But I, I I also wonder if maybe if they had a second match, if it would be better. Um, I expected a lot more New Japan and not so much just like crazy brawling. And yeah. we got a lot of crazy brawling and not as much New Japan. Um, but um, I agree. I, I'm I'm kind of shocked that they like flipped the switch on Miro and the fans just like went with it. And I'm kind of wondering if some of that is because there's no, you know, like for 15 years you had like that's, he had Samoa Joe and he had that aura about him and he was the only one like that. And Miro is now kind of being presented like that. And he's the first guy to kind of be presented like that where it's somewhat believable. And so fans are just like latching onto it. Um, and, and I think you have to be careful with that. going to kill you thing, too. You know yeah. what I mean? So It was just like, and it was like, mm. I was kind of shocked by that. But I think and you have to be careful with that because you don't want to have that. He's a super cool heel and you basically lose a heel and you can never turn him face because he's always going to be this this ass kicker. He has to have kind of, which is what I think they were trying to go with with the Jake the Snake Roberts thing, which was a complete waste Yes. Of time, like I, half of the run-ins on this pay-per-view, and they are horrible about this. They're not New Japan horrible, but they are horrible about the run-ins. They need to. You, you you definitely can tell that it's a bunch of guys booking their own stuff, yeah. and there's no one setting over them going, "No, you can't do this because this guy's going to do this." And that's something that I think has needed to change since really early in AEW. That really hasn't. Um, and I think if you got, if you did that, if you had kind of one voice that was over the rest of them saying, okay, we can't do this because we're going to do this later, it would, it would help. Um, do you think but, also yeah. that it's just like them trying to get everybody on pay-per-view, like that they want people to participate and they just overbook it because they're just trying to fit as many people on pay-per-view as they can? I, I, I would agree with that, except that you had the, the Battle Royal. If, yeah. if, if, if you didn't have the Battle Royal, I would agree with that. I, I think a lot of it is just that, okay, they're booking one match, and they're only booking the match without thinking about the other matches. So, because yeah. within, if if you didn't have any other run-ins, even though the Jake the Snake Robert thing didn't make sense, it would work. Yeah. But you had, you know, you had, the first match had a run-in. Yep. Um, the Bucks match had a run-in. Yep. Multiple. You know, you, you had... 
you had running, 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 and it just and especially when you had like all the schmas in in the Kenny match, which you knew you were gonna get. Yeah, it just it comes off as like I said, it's not New Japan bad. It's not that because that's a different level of like, please just stop. Um, but it's just very annoying, and you're just like, why are we doing this? This doesn't yeah. need to be done. So yeah. you you lose the impact that you're trying to get. If if well, you had just had the 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 starts run in and hook run in, which made perfect sense with where they're going, yeah. then you had the run in in the Omega match. It'd be fine because everyone would remember it, and it would it would be meaningful stuff. But instead, you just like everyone's talking about the fact. Ah, eh, there's all these run ins, and it happens on every show. That's the other thing. It happens on like, virtually every pay per view has the same problem where you have all this stuff going on, and you're just like, why are you doing this? Just calm down. Well, and also, like, I think Lance Archer's pretty good on the mic, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think he needs Jake Roberts. No. Like, I, I think that that kind of has sailed. And I don't know who you would assign Jake with after, or if you'd even do that. But, like, I kind of think he'd be fine just on his own. I, I think Jake would be really good in the back, just kind of going over matches with guys and being like, okay, what are you going to do? When are you going to do this? Like, I, I'm sure, like, like I said, the, the the tag match, I'm sure he loved that because they were playing to the crowd and they had the crowd eating out of their hands. Um, I think he was brought in originally because they didn't, not that, because I always thought Lance Archer was pretty good on the mic, but I think they were kind of worried that he wouldn't connect as yeah. well as they wanted him to. So they were like, okay, we'll bring Jake in. But you're right. That, that, that ship sailed like six months ago. Yeah. And you can, you, you can, go away and you can keep him around especially if the idea and i think this is one of the reasons why he's there and why the, the reason why we later when we saw mark henry and we have all right is the action figure line you're yes. going to start doing these guys and you know people don't think about that that's going to be a big deal I agree. you know so oh, that's the video game too like yeah you know, put him in the video game and and that'll be a big deal and and the more legends you take from wwe I mean, it, it definitely adds up. So what's next? Next, so we had a really big moment on the show. Dr. Britt Baker defeating Karashita for the Women's Championship. And obviously this is, this was one, another one of those, a very predictable outcome, but they gave the fans what they wanted. And it's like, you know, it was a long time coming. And, you know, I'll, let I'll get y'all's thoughts on it because I'd really rather hear y'all's thoughts than me talk. But, like, I will say, I think Britt Baker, of all the women they have in AEW, she checks the most boxes. She makes the most sense to be champion. So, like, this this feels like it was just the right time. So, uh, I, I want to know what you guys thought about that. I guess we'll start with Brandon because I know uh kind of been skipping around a little bit. Oh, you're good. So, with the – I think everyone was just waiting for the outcome of the match. Yeah. I think that might have hurt – like the crowd's enjoyment of it, because I think we just all knew like it. It, it would have been silly if they didn't put put, put Brit Breaker over. So I think everyone was kind of waiting for that. I felt like the match went a little too long. Um, I hated the stuff with Reba as always, um, oh. but I mean, I, you know, I, I felt I felt like this was a little little shorter. I thought it'd been a better match. Um, you know, definitely the the Serena Deeb and, and Rio match was I felt a little bit better than this, but Same. again, this was all about the destination, just getting the Brick Baker, having her win the title. Karoshita, um, I mean, she she held it down for the whole year when the division was basically rebuilding and just trying to find its foothold. 
So all props to her. But again, it's yeah. it was definitely time for Brick Breaker. So I'm super excited to see where they go to her in the future. Did they look like did one of them look hurt or like tired? Like after a while it got really sluggish. Yeah. Like they it got Brit looked like when she after she took that that throw into the barricade, yeah. she looked like she got knocked the for a loop because off, yeah. it got it got really sloppy, and I yes. couldn't tell if they were doing the let's make it look real sloppy or if it was just sloppy, and it yeah. was it was really weird because I can go with the okay we're gonna try to make it look real sloppy versus or at least it's being sloppy so we're gonna act like it's being real where it didn't look like that's what they were going for, and I think I she definitely should be able to do that should be able to be like okay. This is sloppy. We're gonna go this way because we're being sloppy. Yeah. But it looked like he was, but it, but because the beginning of the match was really good, the end of the match was really good. Yeah. E- even before you got to the finish, but that middle section was just like there was a lot of spots that were just like, what's going on? And I'm yeah. very hard on women's wrestling, probably more than a lot of people are. I I never have gone into this. Oh, it's women's wrestling, so you grade it here, because yeah. like the first when I tape traded, one of the first tapes I ever got had Miami Toyota on it. And that's, like, so much, like, beyond anything anybody can imagine. And one of the first shows I ever got was was Dream Slam, which is, mm-hmm. I will tell you, probably the best show you will ever see, and it's nothing but women. And I know wow. that, that, that freaks people out when they hear that, but it is the God-honest truth. Um, yeah, yeah, see, so, like, I, you know, and, and this is one of the things, too, why I w- went off on, like, women's wrestling back in the day, like, I grew up a WWF fan and a WCW fan and nothing else. So, like, I'd right. never seen anything outside of that. So, even now, you're mentioning those names. I have no clue who those people are. Right. So, I mean, um, it, I'm just saying, like, it, when it comes to the the history of that, like, if it wasn't mainstream wrestling, I don't really – I didn't know a lot about it. So Well, like, some of these women, like, wrestled in WCW, but they were just kind of, like, the generic, Robbers. like, Japanese – Yeah, like, they didn't, Saturday like, do anything night, with them. Event. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I always tell people they should go back and watch that early ni- – like, like, early, mid-90s Japanese women wrestling because people freak out because literally it wasn't until probably the early 2000s before men caught up. It was that much better. It was that much more like progressive than what the men were doing as far as the high flying and using lucha stuff with kind of the hard hitting stuff and mixing it all together. Um, so I'm usually a little harder. Um, so I thought this match was like good, but the ending was awesome. The moment was awesome. The fact that Tony came down and hugged her, which I saw yeah. some people say, ah, why is that going on? I'm like, dude, this is like the story since right. she got over was because he was right there with her. If it wasn't, you know, it was her and Tony doing those interviews yep. that started this journey. She was just kind of there, and then that happened. Then you had the broken nose, and then, you know, you go on and on and on and on. And she gets the new title, which I had no idea why they get, did the new title thing. And then when I found out, I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> there are people that worry about this stuff? Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's it, Whenever I see her, though, it always makes me wonder that if by some chance, if if Adam is ever able to come to <laughs> yes, AEW, yes, yes, if, yes. If, if the whole thing is going to be like her basically announcing that she's engaged and she's going to get married and they're going to do this wedding and no one knows who the, the husband is, and then the day of the wedding, everyone's like, 
you're not getting married, and then he walks out. To me, that would be like the perfect thing because I don't think you could have both of them in the promotion and them not be together and not be like a a, a couple within the promotion because I think they would just work very much off of each other. So it's such a I, tease. I don't know if he like gave her a seminar or what, but like <laughs> she, she improved so much once she turned heel. Like it is night and day difference, and like. Like I said, in my opinion, the two most improved wrestlers, like character-wise, during the pandemic, is her and Roman. Like I feel like both of them have like just through the roof. Because to me, Britt has that like that extra. It's not just about in the ring. Like she has that star quality, and like her promos and just her delivery and like her little mannerisms which to me is a lot like Adam Cole. Like Adam Cole has those same type of things. And I, I swear to you, like they're laying in bed and he's just like <laughs> drilling her on like, what do you do when you're like about, yeah, he is drilling her, right? But afterwards, like, what do you do as soon as you do like a heel tactic? Like you should like lick your lip a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, like, like I swear to God, they're going over stuff like that because she has just gotten – so much better and i think that she really could really could take the AEW women's division in a in a totally different level than than we thought was going to happen because i think she's a big star yeah it's it's such a tease whenever like they show those pictures from backstage like he'll be there like with the AEW crew for like new year's yeah. eve and stuff and it's just like oh just just sign just just <laughs> leave just just leave where just leave where you are please well and then like brit brit was saying that like her and the him and the bucks are like best friends and i'm just like dude god just do it get out of there <laughs> Like, I don't understand, like, like just, this is completely off topic, but like, if you're Daniel Bryan and you watch that show, like how in God's green earth do you want to go back to that, that hellhole and skip out on this? Right. Come on. I wonder how much of the, the total Bella's money sometimes plays into that. I really do because, because he's a, He's a major part of that show. Yes. And if he were to leave, you think WWE's going to be like, he can still be on the show? It's yeah. going to be like, you know, it's it's like Miro. He left, and and magically, Lana. yep. You know, so. That's true. So, yeah, I, I, I sometimes wonder if that, if there's a, if there's a part of it that is that, because, that, but then again, I mean, Tony Khan can give him as much money as he wants. Yeah. And I would without a doubt being selfish fan, give him all the money in the world. And, and because let me tell you something, if he bought that stupid Europe song, the second that chord hits, if you want to see fans go, like you could pan to the crowd in the front, you have grown men crying with joy because they'd be like, he's free, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like our <laughs> ultimate fantasy, right? Like, it's just like, oh yeah. god, yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, the 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 memes of like, where like, all guys want is this one thing, and it's like a chick with like a big ass, right? But like, in our eyes, we're like Daniel Bryan yeah. coming out to final countdown. Like, that's what we want. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. So yeah. Um, what match? Were, okay, Britt and Sheeta. Yeah. So. I got, I got uh, real quick. I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off. Go ahead. I no, just go, have go real vision of them being able to build up Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in like mm-hmm. the next six months, maybe even more. 
to the point like I feel like that feud you can heat that feud enough, heat it up enough so that way that they would main event potentially main event a pay per view for that title. I think that that feud. Just the way they've said it, I think that few they can go that route with it. Again, I don't think you can do it like all out, maybe like a full gear or something like that. But I feel like they can head down that direction for sure. Did you see on Dark Thunder kind of cut a promo on Britt Baker? Yeah, I I I figure that we're going to get an angle on on Dynamite that she's going to come out and we're going to and I imagine that at all in that's what we're going to get that rematch and I think it's going to be balls to walls. I think if if they do it right. You've got a feud that can last forever yeah. because you can turn them both face and heel at the same time. You they can they can always be that thing. And I think Tony Khan is a much as a big a fan to know that rivalries are good in pro wrestling, especially those rivalries where you know, like like Hogan and Piper. Hogan and Piper, even when they were both faces, they would give each other that that side glance of. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Yep. You know, no matter what. And and I think that that's something that wrestling definitely needs because you don't have enough of those rivalries, which you get in sports. I mean, there's there's rivalries in sports that will always be. And I think mm-hmm. you need that in wrestling too, where no matter what, no matter that you got two guys that yay, we're both you know happy baby faces, but I don't like you and you don't like me, and that's never going to change. Yep. And I think you can do that with these two and really really build because I. I if you have that kind of feud, you can build a division around that that will be something super, super special. So, For sure. And, like, I think, too, like, that's one of Roman's biggest faults right now is there's literally no rivalry. It's just him, and he's just facing, you know, one guy and then on to the next and on to the next, and none of them are believable that they're actually going to win. So, and then – the main thing is to, that that they might bring back Daniel Bryan, right? Like that's kind of what right. they're hinting at. But like, I just don't think that that's going to work like they think it is. And I, I I don't know. I think a lot of fans that are Daniel Bryan fans are going to be kind of like cheering him on, but also disgusted at the same point. Like, dude, why'd you go back? You know what I mean? Like, I, well, I he's just, the only natural, the only natural rival he has, and it's always been that way. It's yep. him, and that's yep. it. And you don't really have anyone else. And the only reason they have him is because they lucked into it. Yeah, you know. And as you know, so I think that's a big part of it. Is that I think they want it to be Drew McIntyre, but yeah, I think people like. And I know people hate this because I don't watch WWE, but when when as soon as he won the title, I was like, that's not the guy. He he's yep. a, he's a great wrestler. He is not that type of guy. He is he is to me the same level as Sheamus. You can put you can give him the title and it's fine, but he is not the same as Roman. He's yeah. not the same as Daniel Bryan. There are guys I think that are in that company that definitely are better than him as far as the complete package. I get what they see in him because it's the same thing they always see in guys, but it's you know, at some point you have to look outside the box and you know, that old adage of, you know, we don't watch the competition. Maybe you do need to watch the competition to see, hey, maybe we need to think outside the box of what, you know, and it's not just Kevin Steen. You know, that can't be the only guy. We have to have other guys that we kind of think out the box of. And I think that's the biggest problem you have with Roman is that, you know, you're going to get to the point where Roman is going to be, I'll go back to this, kind of like a Samoa Joe where he's going to be so popular that, 
he's going to be a he will then be a face, but you've gone through everybody, and he's not going to have anyone to really feud with. And you have to have those feuds, even if even if it's just the the, the feud of the month. But you have to, you know they do such a horrible job building people up that that's that that's a rant that's been going on for ten years. So yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Like you could turn back the clock on my videos, and I'm I'm saying the same thing back in the day. Like nothing's really changed. Like it's nothing. still the same crap. You know what I mean? No, oh, yeah. So at least we well, have an fu- alternative now, though. So that's good. Well, it's, well, it's funny. You have four people sitting here. None of us watch Monday Night Raw, and we're we're like, I mean, this is like, <laughs> I'm I mean, but yeah. I mean, but I mean, you gotta think. How wild is that? Like, I mean, we've all all of us probably watched the show since like 1995, or and so it's like. And like we don't even care enough. Lifelong wrestling fans, we didn't care enough to turn it on. You know, it's like well, and you're having like I've seen just in the last month, I've seen people who do this, and you know, if you don't follow, if you don't talk about Raw, you know, you're hitting, you know, that's dipping your views. That's dipping the people that are going to listen to you. And people are making that because I can't do this anymore. Yep. You know, I can't. I I, I can't do this anymore. Um, You know, maybe I'll talk about it. I don't know. Like I've. I see what happens on Twitter, and I just shake my head, like with the with the Bray Wyatt stuff. I just watch it, and I'm like, "This is so like, what are you doing?" Like, yeah. and I'm with someone that liked Lucha Underground, and I'm I'm seeing these clips and just going, "This is dumb crap. What is going on?" So, but anyways, anyways. Oh no, we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we feel the same way. Um, all right, back to AEW. All right, well, I'll kick this one off real quick, guys. The next <laughs> yeah, match we ahead. had. All right, so we had Darby Allen and Sting uh, defeating Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And I was saying it going into the match as long as Sting can do the punches and kicks, the Scorpion Deathlock, the Scorpion Deathlock, and the Stinger Splash, and take a couple bumps, that's all I care about. And it would be a massive plus if he was in good enough shape to pop that t shirt off. And guess what he did, guys? He was in good enough sh- shape to pop that t-shirt off. Because we all know from the TNA day, dude, Doug's doing this for, for, like, for like for like 63 years old or whatever, though. Like, yeah, that's no, like, I give him that. Yeah, I give him like, that. And it's like we all know back from the TNA days, there's there's Sting and then there's Sting with the t-shirt. Like there's two different levels of Sting. And I love like the match starts off. He takes like the bump on the entrance ramp. Totally oh, no sells it. Brutal. That pops, was crazy. Pop, like pops what, the shirt I, off. When that off. happened, I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, <laughs> wow, awesome. I did and, not expect that. Yeah, so that's. I, I just want to lead it into. Well, I want y'all's thoughts on the match because I thought, I thought Sting looked pretty damn good out there. I think Darby did exactly what we all expected him to do. Like he went out there and bumped his ass off, and he's always. I mean, Darby is like the one guy I've heard Melter and Alvarez talk about quite a bit where like, he's one of the few actual proven ratings draws they have. Like his segments always draw well when he's the main event, people stay to the end of the show. So, and then it's also like you have Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, two guys that probably grew up worshiping Sting, just marking out. They get to wrestle this guy. Yeah, so. Scorpio Sky's a huge, a huge, huge Sting fan. And, and that finish was perfect, wasn't it? He went for like I that that that. That, uh, that springboard uh, diamond cutter he does. Yep. And Sting mm-hmm. caught him right into the death drop. So, what are y'all's thoughts on this match? Because I this was my favorite match of the night from like just a <clears> sentimental <throat> level, but Damn you know. Boy. But but hey, was it was it a bad match though? I mean, it no, was, it was, it was yeah, match. I enjoyed the match a lot. <laughs> I like I like the intro too. Like Darby gets to do his little cinematic um, intros. I That's think that that cool. definitely helps. That yeah. that adds to the pay per view. Plus, it's like 
it really helps just build characters, man. Like the, when you can do stuff like that, anything extra, it adds to it. So I like that. Um, I like also how Darby just immediately just suicide mm-hmm. dive right through yep, and right. started it off. It was just like right off the bat. And then, you know, Sting did jump off of that freaking yep. poker chip. I'm like, okay. Um, it just, I, I like the fact that it was like, Sting is definitely a veteran that needs to take care of himself, but it didn't come across as like, you know, we're going to come out here and I'm barely going to do anything and and we're going to find a way to to win. Like, they looked like a credible tag team. They both were willing to take risks. Um, I like Ethan Page. That's another young up-and-comer that I think could be something too. Um, I like Scorpio Sky as well. I just He's just an older guy. But uh, I, I – I, I thought it was a good match. I thought that they've had a nice uh, build up to their feud, and um, I thought it was a nice pay per view match. And mm-hmm. it's pretty much anything—the best you could ask for for an in ring sting match coming off of what he did, and you know he came out okay, and and everything was all right. And like I said, I, I think it definitely delivered to to what it could be. So I'm all for it. Yeah, I said I'll pretty much say the same thing that you did. My favorite spot was the double submission spot when uh, both Darby and uh, and uh, Ethan Page were oh, together and they were slapping each other. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. that was really awesome on there. I hope they go that direction with kind of going a solo feud between those two. I would like to see them revisit that. Granted, I still like the Sting and Darby, uh, the, the tag team, but I wouldn't mind seeing them uh, to, to revisit that that Darby Allen Ethan Page feud. We got a super chat just about that, Frankie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, would you guys be down to see Ethan Page and Darby Allen do a couple matches? Those two guys have amazing chemistry. One thing is, like to me, Ethan Page comes across as like the nicest guy in the world, but when it's him and Darby, he is such a vicious bastard. Like I remember WrestleMania weekend, uh, like he threw him up against the wall. He smashed his head in the evolve. Like he cut his elbow. Like. He just seems like he has no remorse for Darby's body, and he just throws him around like a rag doll. And uh, it, it makes Ethan look like a million bucks as a heel. And, and of course, Darby's that really believable underdog baby face that has a chance to win. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. Josh is a longtime wrestling fan. What are your thoughts on Darby Allen? Like, and I'm gonna ask Brandon this because I, I don't. Maybe you guys have seen this stuff too. Can you believe this is the same guy that was in Evolve? Oh, dude. And I, I was watching him and like mm. at live in Chattanooga, like a CSN yeah. invitation. I mean, like, and all like, this. Oh, yeah, man. Like in front of it, nobody. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I like, I, I like think back about like, because that's the first time I ever saw him was in Evolve. And I was like, mm. eh, he's yeah. good. But then to see where he is now, um, I think is, is, says a lot. Um, that would be cool. Lights out, man. Yeah. Um, but you know, and him and Ethan Page have amazing chemistry. Mm-hmm. But um, I love, I love the, I, the the fact that like my oldest daughter, who's sixteen, um, she he he's the one guy like the shirt you have on, Stephen. Mm-hmm. She stole that shirt from me. She was like, I want the shirt. Pro wrestling, yeah. yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She stole that shirt from me. She was like, I want the shirt. I was like, all right. Um, but uh, that's the one guy, like, she says, he looks cool, right? Now, she won't watch, but she's like, he looks cool. And the fact that he is a rating straw, the fact that, and the fact that he was a guy that you know they brought in and was like, okay, he'll be a good guy to have. And the fact that he started to get over and they were just like, okay, keep going. 
where in WWE that would not happen. No way. You would get to a point and be said, okay, now go away. You're not allowed to get over to that point because we have not okayed it. And, you know, I think that is one of the, I think that's also one of the reasons why they constantly push him the way they do is because they're like, we know the fans like that. That that shows a definite dif- difference between the the difference between us and them. Um, I look at Darby. The one thing about Darby is I get the him playing the under underdog role sometimes. I like his matches better when he's doing more of the back and forth. Mm-hmm. When it's more of him being kind of like what I would call the classic Rey Mysterio matches, where he's still yeah. the underdog. But he's pulling moves out of his ass, and he's yeah. you know he's these other bigger guys. He's he you know they can't keep up with him. I like that Darby a little better than I like just him bumping around all over the place and 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 being crazy. I like that too, but I like the you know and the 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 stage dive spot was awesome. Yeah. Um, especially as an old ECW fan, um, I, I I will say that I was a little disappointed that it was his family that caught him. Because, yeah. as I said, as an old ECW fan, you know, when when they would do that spot ECW, that was the fans catching them and then yeah. doing the – the only thing that was missing from that spot was the was the, the surfing. But, crowd surfing. Yeah, yeah the crowd yeah. surfing was the only thing missing. Hopefully at some point they can do that because I think that we'll would just be there. an awesome, awesome visual of him just, like, laying there in the cross position and him surfing through the fans I think would be such an awesome visual. Yeah. Um but you know, I love this match. I thought this was exactly what you want Sting to do. I think yeah. that also. I think I also think Sting is very motivated. I think he's trying to prove a point yes. because I mean, if you hear any interview he does, it's like I you know it blows his mind that they would not do him an Undertaker. It, yeah. He's like, why? I don't understand why they would not do that match when that's what the fans wanted. That's what the fans had wanted since. Since WCW went out of business, that's that was the one match everyone was like, "That's the match we want," and, and and we can't get it. We get we get a Triple H match that was two twenty one eleven. It just popped in my head. <laughs> oh, that's oh. right. Oh my gosh, that was the right. one where that wound up actually just being the Undertaker's return. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Where are yeah. remember remember the video Chase did, Brandon. Mm-hmm. He, we have a buddy Chase, and he did a video where it was basically, um, who was it that was calling under was talk was calling Sting? Oh, Terry Taylor, because he was the head of yeah. uh, head of at, and he was calling Sting, and Sting wasn't pulling up, and Sting, and he wasn't, and so he ends up cussing out Sting, saying, "You went to WWE, blah blah blah," and then the last part is Undertaker basically saying, "Are you ready to make a shit ton of money?" Because we were all like, "It's gonna be him," and of course we never got it, so. Yeah. So I'm glad to see Sting doing that. You can definitely tell he's motivated. Um, I'm not a guy that thinks that, you know, when a guys get to a certain age, they can't do it anymore. I think you just have to choose your spots. Um, yeah. He's definitely not. I'm going to throw out a name that a lot of people probably don't know, but he's definitely not Tenru at the same age who could go out and, like, do stuff that nobody that age should be able to do. But, um, yeah, when he hit that, that, that high cross, like, yeah. I jumped off my couch because I could not believe he did that. And if, if he does stuff like that, and as long as he's not doing some of the stuff he was trying to do in TNA that he never should have been trying to do that, you know, probably hurt him more than, than Seth Rollins ever did. Um, I think it's great because I, I think him and Darby and 
like Doug said, that little movie before, I love those things. And I love the fact that it was, it's Showtime. That, yeah. that yeah. is, that as, 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 was just like, that is awesome. The only thing, I hope at some point they do come, they both come out with the Surfer Sting stuff on, because I think that would be awesome. I think I think people would pop for that, even with Darby like that, just because I think it would be a nice little, at some point. You can only probably do it once, but I think that would be something to do down the line. So, Do you think that this would ever lead to a Darby-Sting feud? It has to. It yeah, has to. It ha- yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. I think Sting's last Who match is him losing to Darby. Uh, I don't think you have to even turn. I don't think you'd have to turn anybody. I think you just do babyface, babyface. Darby beats him. Sting. I think right. Sting's last match should be losing to Darby. Clean. I think you do the HBK flare match. I was gonna say yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be dope. With, with, that would be dope. And and Sting says it's time for me to you know hang it up. I want it to be you. If I can't beat you, then I need to walk away. And you just you you do that whole thing. And I think. If if they wait, I would say if they you know a year maybe two years and they keep this thing going, it'll be so emotional because people already yeah. love them together. Yeah. I mean it's just and it's the weirdest pairing ever, and you can tell Sting enjoys it so much, which is also a weird thing because you would think that he'd be like, ah, eh, I'm with this kid, I don't really understand, I don't get, but he seems to be having the time of his life. When he, you see him in those little movies, he seems to completely get it. You know yeah. him in the him in the I think it's a, is it an El Camino or is it a truck I can never tell what Sting is driving, but the fact that they they do that whole thing I think is just great. Um, I love I love the whole package of of them together and I think it's yeah. something that you need because you need variety. You know you do. I mean yes. wrestling is a variety show in a lot of ways. I mean it's it it is and so you need that and you need. You know the old. Who are they going to have? Who who's the legend that they can have that can wrestle unless they bring in like like Minoru Suzuki and which you know yes everyone would love it but it's not someone they can use all the time. Right. So and it's not someone that they would universally know. Like everyone knows who Sting is. You know right. what I mean? Like I'm not I, like Suzuki's awesome and I I think the crowd would absolutely love him. But Sting is just a different right. level that just from all generations of fans. And the fact that they've made this pairing, it's like it's like the pairing that you never knew you wanted, but you ended up loving it once you got it. You know what I mean? And I, right. I think it's been I think it's been done really well. And I mean that that to me, that's just AEW, man. They just get it. They understand how to use guys and they understand what works, what doesn't. And if it doesn't work, they know when to pivot. Like I, I just give them a lot of props for this. Yeah, for sure. The, the next, do you want to talk about the next match? Because that kind of is a good lead in yeah. to that. Because I actually had something I wanted to tell Josh as well for this one. So, with uh, the next match was the title match Kenny Omega retaining over Orange Cassidy and Pack. And there's a video that Josh did not too long ago. Uh, I watched your Winter is Coming video when you put mm-hmm. it out. And I really, really, really like the concept. And I think you're still like possibly spot on about the concept there. Because, like, what Kenny's kind of done since you've done that video is kind of what you were talking about. Like, he actually is going out and collecting belts. And I never even, I've never even seen Game of Thrones before, but you explained it really well with, like, the, the different kind of teams right. you have with kind of the different companies. And I, I really feel like we could be working towards something like that when crowds are back. And I really think we could still maybe have, like, Ring of Honor involved and having 
more involvement from these other companies and stuff. So I wanted to throw that out there. I watched that video and I took a lot of, I took a lot away from that because I thought you were really on the money with those ideas. Um, and then it. this, yeah, no problem. This match itself. What did you guys think? I love this match. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Like, and the thing that I was waiting for was the false pin with orange Cassidy. Cause I knew yeah. those fans would lose their mind and they did. They absolutely mm -hmm. lost their mind. Um, like I said, like I said before, the only thing I didn't like was, and I got it, was kind of you know all the belt shots, the yeah. stuff with. I did, however, I liked Kenny taking out Bryce because I thought that was excellent. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. thought that was that was perfect. That was something we had not seen before. Right. Um, you had, you know, I'm gonna lose, take out Bryce, and I'm a bit, I'm a big Bryce fan, anyways. I love Bryce Brinter. I think that I think he is the one of the most underrated guys in all of AEW, and that is a ref because I don't think people get what all he does. Like you can tell, he is in certain matches for certain reasons. And when they did the exploding match, I was like, I didn't even know he was going to be the ref. And I was like, I bet Bryce is backstage just saying, I gotta be, I gotta be, I gotta be. And I said that. And I think it was Brandon that sent me the picture of of Bryce all suited up. And I was like, yeah. there you go. <laughs> that's just like, I, I knew, but, um, but yeah, I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for a lot of things because he's the type of ref that you put in a match. Um, and he adds so much that we don't see because you don't see it. And that's what a good ref should do is you don't see what they're doing. And he's been with these guys for so long for the right. days on the indies. I mean, like they're like, it's really cool. Cause the trust level they have with, with right. between him and these guys. Yeah. And it, what, I, I was going to kind of mention this because I think it sucks that, um, and not, not, it sucks in this way that because of everything that happened with me too and everything that yeah. we kind of forget and we kind of have to like put to the side. When you look at the landscape of wrestling today, that, Chikara was something that none of us, I think, understood exactly what was going on. Because you look at all the guys that went through there, like legitimately went there, not just wrestled kind of there, but legitimately learned their chops there and where they're at now is kind of amazing. And it it sucks because we I don't think there is anything like that now because you have the indies are so just dried up because you've got two companies biting for everybody. Plus you have TNA, plus you have ROH, and they're all, you know, so the indies are very, like, there's not much there. You can definitely see it with the women, that it's just not, you know, like, if you watch any women's, and this is, this is not me banging on the women, but if you see any women's indie matches, for the most part, they are not what you would expect, and they're not what they were, I would even say, four years ago. And it, it's, and all of indie wrestling, I think, is kind of like that. And you can just see that you're missing that and how much um, how much just that style probably needs to be taught more. Yeah. So but it so that just shows like that yes, the carnies the, we need to get the carnies out. I don't think we need to get necessarily all of the carny out, but we need to get the carnies out. So yeah. and, and that's one of the things. But I love this match. Um, I was not a big Orange Cassidy fan uh, until we went and saw him live, and we actually were sitting next to a guy that was dressed up like you know. My wife had no idea; like she knew who once again, but she was like, "eh," because this was this was a year ago. So yeah. he like he had been on TV, but she really didn't get it. And he's like explaining to her 
this. And um, she's like, yeah, he, you know, I, I don't really understand wrestling. He goes, oh, yeah, it's his thing. And this is when she told the guy, he goes, oh, yeah, he does, used to do YouTube videos. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, he goes, let me look up his, his channel. Who was his channel? And she tells him, and the guy, like, he turns and he looks at me and he's like, oh, my God. And the guy behind <laughs> us. It's like, did you not realize who this was? He's been sitting here the whole time. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of fun. But um, he, uh, like, like, I really like it. Like, I'm a big fan of Pac. Um, I'm not the biggest Omega fan in the world. I think, I think, and I think that's kind of what off-puts a lot of people, is I think he can be a little hammy at times. I think it works when he's a heel, but I think that sometimes he goes a little overboard. But this match was really, especially for a three-way, because yeah. we all know the tropes of a three-way. And what got the biggest pop was one of the biggest tropes of a three-way, which is the blind pin that everyone yeah. thought we were going to get that we didn't get. Um, but, yeah, this match was worked really well. They they used everyone's strengths to their advantage. You had, you had for the most part, Omega and, and Pac in there doing most of the work. And then you had Orange kind of getting those hope spots that the fans were just completely into. So I, I thought this was not match of the night, but like when we started, I said, if you looked at this, if I did like an old review and you saw my star ratings, you'd be like, oh my God, this is an amazing show. But I think that at this point also, you could tell that the show, which is another problem with AEW, is these shows, I do think, go too long. Well, I think yeah. they, go, they either they need to start earlier or they now need to be this long. One, one of the two. Um, and I can't decide which because I can watch a New Japan show, a really good New Japan show, and I can go longer than this, and I'm fine. But this is where it really started getting, like, long, long and winded. But I really did like this match. I thought this match was really good. Um, no big surprises, but I don't think any of us expected the surprises, even though, like I said, the crowd fell for it. But I thought it was, I thought it was excellent, so... Yeah, and one thing that I think is uh, crazy is like, you know, how we were talking about Darby Allen from Evolve. I mean, Orange Cassidy, like the way that they have been able to book him to the point to where he is somewhat a believable main eventer is well, well he had done that on, to me. Well, he had done that on the indies pre AEW. Yeah. Like, no, was, no, I know, but like, yeah. that's different. That's a completely well, different well, no, audience on TV. I, but I'm just saying, like, he rose to, like, you know, he was the IWTV champion when he got signed, and like, he was the most over guy in Beyond Wrestling for a while and stuff. So, like, I wasn't surprised. I mean, it was, it was a little surprising to see how over he got with like a mainstream audience so fast, but like, I knew as long as he could do it, it's it's like the problem with the WWE. I, I knew if they could let Orange Cassidy be Orange Cassidy, he'd get over with AEW. Yeah. Um, and luckily, that's that's what we're the getting. dude got over to the point where he gets in a world championship match, though. That's like the that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, part, yeah, that's well, yeah like, with that gimmick. I went to sure. start when I went to Starcast. I got Orange Cassidy for like half off. I paid like ten bucks to meet him. And when we were at the MGM Grand. Like he walked right by us and there were autograph hound people like looking for people. They didn't even know who he was. They just let him walk right on by. And like, he was literally just used for that battle Royal. And that was like it. And now like he's in the main event and he is super over. I mean, kids dress up like him, like people. I mean, I remember I went to wrestle circus and he wrestled there and there was a guy you know, big dude, uh, probably in his 30s, and he was dressed up like Orange Cassidy, and Orange Cassidy posed with him on his entranceway, 
And I mean, that guy was so giddy, like giddy, like a schoolgirl, like he had met his hero. You know what I mean? And I was just like, whoa, like this guy is seriously over. So the fact that they were able to take something like that and what I think really worked is they were able to establish him and his character before he ever wrestled. And so by the time that he actually wrestled, people were ready. And honestly, I'm very curious what it would have been like if it was, um, you know, the pandemic never happened because he just made his debut at Revolution and then bam, pandemic. And he faced Jericho in front of nobody. So like, I, I, I have no idea how big he could have gotten if like there was no pandemic or anything. But the match itself, one thing that just really stood out to me, we forget how good Pac is. Like, good God, like, unbelievable. And I don't know, like, Josh, you're saying you're not the biggest Omega fan. Like, how have you felt about Omega's run in AEW in general? From the New Japan, Kenny Omega, best bout machine, all that, to what he has done in AEW, like, how are you feeling about that? Like, like... I'm a little different because I can see like where the story is going. Yeah. Right. So whenever people are like, eh, it's always like this, like none of that bother. To me, the thing that has, since he's won the title and since they've started like the belt collector thing, the thing that I think has really hurt him has been the impact stuff. It hasn't really been because AEW has had to wait for impact. And I don't blame impact necessarily for that, but I think yep. that it took so long to get him the title and to kind of get to the next like chapter of the story that it felt like he was just kind of treading water. Like we had yeah. talked about other people. Um, so I think that is a lot of it. I think once we, you can start seeing other things happen, I think it would be good. Like, you know, I've talked about ring. Of Honor. I don't know if they'll ever be able to do ring of honor, but I think that one of a story you could definitely do is, the fact that Kenny Omega never won a championship in Ring of Honor. That's the yeah. one place he never won a belt. And if he was law, and then, and I don't think you can do this with Rush because that's uh, not Rush's character. I know, at I know all. you're going. I know you're yeah. going. But what you, you can, can do this with Jonathan Grisham. Yes. And yes. I would almost, and I know Con, Kenny Con, I know Khan would not do this, but I would have Grisham come in and beat Kenny Omega in a pure rules match. Just because you can't have interference. You can't have any of that. And it just adds to that thing of he can't beat him. He can't have an ROH championship. And then whoever Rush loses the title to, that's who he beats for the title. Because it doesn't fit Rush's character. Even though I think Rush and Kenny would have like an amazing match. I really do. I think that they they could, in the ring, I think the buildup wouldn't be so great. But I think in the ring, I think they would work off of each other really well. Um, the fact that I don't know who you would have, and luckily we're going to get to the point where now Ring of Honor is going to be able to use more people, which is the biggest thing I think, minus not having fans. But yeah. the fact that they've basically been using, you know, the same core of like twelve people over and over and over and over again. Yeah. But the but if you haven't watched Ring of Honor, the booking has been really good, and the storytelling yeah. that they've been telling has been really good even though they don't have fans and they don't have any of this stuff. And I think it's actually probably one of the best booked, but the problem is, is there's no fans and it's the same guys over and over and over and over again. And it's just, there's no, there's, it's very stale and hopefully come July, we'll see that change. So that is where I would go with it. And then, and then you can do your 
Okada or your Abushi or Abushi because Abushi should be where like the destination really yeah. is. Yeah. Final boss, yeah, right, yeah, and it should be at the Tokyo and it should be at the Tokyo Dome. That's where it should be, and I think that's that. And then it all kind of can kind of fall apart from there. However, you want to do it, and maybe not even have Okada. Maybe have Okada be he beats Abushi, and it's like, oh yeah, and then Okada's like, uh uh-uh, uh there's still me, and you're not yeah. better than me, and from there. But yeah, see I, to I, me, like if you did Okada too, like that, like I think he just needs to show up at Dynamite, like just yeah. like Kenny brags about how he's beaten everybody and how he's the man, and then Okada comes out. I think that place would lose its mind. Oh, they would. People would lose their <laughs> yes for sure. Like they the lost only... their mind for Jeff Cobb when I was there. Like it yeah, was like, like the only the only guy that I could see would be if if you were able to bring in Daniel Bryan. Um, yes. That's the only guy, and and that would be a great like go between is have him you know beat Daniel. And I also wondered if maybe you bring in Daniel Bryan, you bring in if you can bring him in, and then with him. Bring in Samoa Joe. Yep. If Punk will come in, bring in Punk, and you have those three come in and be yeah. the guys that say, <laughs> "If it wasn't for us, there right. wouldn't be any of this. We laid the groundwork for all of this," and have them feud with the other with the Bucks and Omega until you can get to where you really want to go. I think that would be. I mean, a that would be blood and, a blood and guts versus the elite, like the ROH, like originals. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, oh man. God, because they still got. I mean, travel. like, dude, like, yeah, like Homicide and Loki are still out yeah. there. I mean, like, you got, like, you got options out there, or like, oh, you can even do, you could even do, you could do Homicide, or you can, you can even do uh, Christopher Daniels. Yeah, you know, and you could that could be like Christopher Daniels's like thing of, of this is my revenge. I'm bringing in the crew and we're right. taking you out because we, you know, we are the ones that laid this foundation that you have built on. If it wasn't for us, there would not be any of this. So, yeah. And I, I, I love you bringing up Jonathan Gresham because that's what I've been saying too, for this whole forbidden door thing is like, if there's going to be represent representation from ring of honor, it should be the foundation stable. Like it shouldn't be right. like necessarily all of ring of honor, like just those guys alone. That's credible enough to have matches against like all these guys from these other companies. So I, I think, dude, I, I couldn't agree with you more about wanting to see Jonathan Gresham versus Kenny Omega. I think that'd be awesome. I do think, though, that, like, if you have no fans, man, do these things on Dynamite. Like, just give us something to where you can completely change the environment. Like, to me, Moose and Kenny should happen on Dynamite. Like, I get that it's, like, against odds, or at least do it at Daly's Place, try to sell some tickets. I don't know. But to me, like – it's so hard to go from one environment to just like nothing and still have that same feeling, you know what well, I mean? And, and I don't think for me personally, um, Moose is not the guy that he should be facing it. And, and I get that you can't do it now, but the plan should have been Edwards. That should have always been the plan because that's your best, that's your best match within yeah. everyone in, in impact. I you think that's good that now. You can't do that now. But that, and maybe that was the idea, but and they've kind of teased it. Mm-hmm. But again, the same problem I've had with the impact stuff is it's just taken so long to get to the place. And then I get that impact probably wants to be, hey, you know, our guys, but everyone knows where it's going. And to just prolong it for too long doesn't work. Yeah, I'm with you there. But yeah, I, I just think 
with Kenny's deal, like there's so many different options that they could do, and the it will. But you do think though that things are about to ramp up for Kenny? Like Kenny is about oh, to be yeah. more. Oh active yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Dude, I think he's gonna. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, wrestle Jacob Fatu for the MLW title. Like right. I mean, there is like I, I, I think it's gonna open up big time. Yeah. And, think, and real quick, Josh, you, do you think that there's beef between AEW and ROH? I think there could be. Yeah. But I think I think you're now at a point where. If you're just gonna like, like you said, the foundation. I think the foundation are the perfect foils for the elite. I think they are the perfect foils because they represent everything the elite does. But I would also say, and I know they will never do this because all of the other tag teams are doing everything else. The Briscoes are the perfect yeah. team to bring in because those, you know, the AEW fans know who those guys are. Yeah. And if, if they go out and go, ah, we've beaten everybody, we're not scared of anybody, and those two guys walk out, and you don't get the comedy Briscoes that we have currently in ROH, you get those other Briscoes. Yeah. That is a completely different animal altogether. That when those two guys cut promos and they're not being silly, that is a completely different thing. And I am a Briscoe Mark, so I can say yeah. that. But, but still, I you know. There's a difference between those two. I mean, me and Brandon saw it live when they took on your boys in Atlanta. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. when uh, all night, uh, right? Isn't that your boys? Oh, on Express. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, Express. yeah, yeah. yeah. Express. Yeah, yeah. Express. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, because all of a sudden it was like, um, I think it was Jay came up all bloody. That match mm-hmm. changed completely. Yeah. Like right, like that. And they have that ability to do that. I think that is a match until you can figure out your, what you want to do with the rest of the tag teams to get there. I don't know if we'll get that, but that is that. There's so many options with this stuff that yeah. I think that is that's part of the problem. Is you have so many options, and maybe there's a deal that we don't even even know about. You know, I feel so. like definitely. You know, we can get into this after the double or nothing, but like I feel like there's definitely stuff going on behind the scenes in all companies that I feel like is about to to a, blow people's minds. Like there just seems like a lot of under the table, behind the scenes stuff, and we keep hearing things like, "Oh, that was actually talked about a month ago," or "Oh, this is going on," or. Like Daniel Bryan actually has the WWE calling New Japan to work something right. out because they right. want to sign him. Like we're getting pretty in the like <laughs> wacky category here. You know what I mean? Like almost everything seems like it's on the table. So it, it'll be uh, it, it's crazy to me, but it, it's it's a fun time in wrestling right now. We do have a super chat. Um, Tony Constant busted open that he would be expanding AEW roster move forward. Is there any remote chance he picks up Tessa Blanchard or not? No. I mean, I, I have I have <laughs> I'll, I'll be right the back. Table. I'll go for it. No, yeah. it's fine. I have pounded <laughs> the table to bring in Tessa, but it's clear that that's not what not they want to do. So I, the only way I could is. ever see her coming in yeah. is literally she would have to come in, and she would have to do jobs to just about everybody, and I mean job jobs, and 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 literally apologize to every woman in that roster even the, even if she's never met them before yeah. they would they would bring her in it's just uh, and, that sucks. To me, and that it sucks, sucks because yeah. she is arguably the best woman wrestler in the world mm-hmm. and that's that's the issue but you know that company is ran and you can tell it's ran a certain way yeah. 
Yeah. And if they're going to run it that way, then she's not going to be there unless unless something really changes, even with her dad there. So that's, that's what's crazy to me. And she seems like she does have a lot of support, too. Like Brian Cage yeah. is big on her. Like, um, I, I'm pretty sure Ethan Page is really good with her. Like, there's a lot of people that really like her that are in that locker room. Even but, but like one thing that to me was really telling is like when she wasn't a free agent, like when they asked, like, who are the top people that you would love to bring into the company? Tessa was one of those names that either like one of the Young Bucks said or like Chris Jericho has said it. And then when she became a free agent, it was like, <laughs> yeah, n- what? And then like I remember even Cody was asked about it and he was all like, yeah, that's Brandy and Kenny's division. And. <laughs> I'm not commenting on this. Uh, yeah, like he totally left it alone. You know what I mean? But and then like Conan even said like with on his podcast or whatever, like she's already signed somewhere that they, they just haven't made an announcement yet. And I, I think it's probably gonna be triple A or something like that. Like I think that she's going to have to go somewhere like that. And you know, but I'm not the biggest fan of cancel culture. I definitely think people deserve redemption stories. She was, she's super young. You know, she's only 25 years old. I, I, I really hope she does get another chance and uh, turn it around because I mean, you just don't see talent like that. And uh, it just sucks. It's a sucky situation and it would, it would help AEW's oh, yeah. division immensely. Like, I mean, there's a reason why people always bring her up. 100%. And, and, and no, and no one, doubts that it's just i think i think the other thing is is i think that probably there are things that she would have to do to get signed there and she has not done them yeah. so i think that's the other part of it and i think i think part of that is just probably maturity because like you said she's young yeah but i think i think like i said if she signed there she would have to get ready just to maybe be humbled a little bit yeah. I think that would be part of the deal is that, yeah, we'll sign you, but get ready to be like humbled until it's time. Right. So as a, as a make good. So I think that's, that's part of it. So I, I do think though, like, I'm not sure, like, like her being silent to me has been so much worse than her necessarily talking about the situation because now people have painted a narrative, no matter what, if it's true or not. And it's been over a year now. So like, what 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 can you do to recover from that? Like, I don't know who gave her that advice, but to me, she should have just come out flat out. She did kind of say she never said the stuff, but then it was like she never talked about it ever again. And then it's just like the end. And I, I just think like at this point, if you care about your career or whatever, like it's time to really start to open up and and try to make something happen. Otherwise, I have no idea what her future is. Yeah, it's a tough one. We talk about her all pretty much every episode, though. It's just there's nothing really more to talk about until something does happen. Like either she's going to get signed somewhere, or like I mean, it's or clear she isn't. there's I mean, there's a half or more audience that wants her, right? Like it's not like it's just a few niche people that want her in. There's definitely a lot of people that want her there, but there's definitely a lot of people that don't want her there. So it's just going to be a mixed bag. But in my opinion. If she was brought in, like you said, if she did some of the things, I think this would blow over and she could go on. Um, I personally think that it would have been cool for her to be like the female ver- in the female in the pinnacle or something like that, like a heel version in the pinnacle or something to that extent is her dad. Um, 
if you want to boo her, boo her all day. It doesn't matter. She's in the heel group, right? But I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, thanks for the super chat, though, Brian. Appreciate that. Um, Brandon's out for a little bit, I guess. We'll see if we can bring him back I, in. I, I think his internet was kind of going in and out on him based on the the screen. Yeah. It was, looked like he was freezing a little bit. <laughs> No worries. Um, so I guess we'll go to the main event, which honestly, I didn't love that this was the main event. I thought that the title match should have been the main event. I understand, based on the ending, why they chose that to be the main event. I mean, you know, the finish and, and everybody was went home happy. So I get that part. But I, I'm, I'm big on titles and main events, but what, whatever. I, I think that their big vision for the end of the show, which is everybody singing Judas together. Like, I think that was like yep. what the whole thing was really why it was, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. And this is for you, Josh, because I know you're like, you're new to the show here with us, but like, I, I, I love AEW. Dude. I love this company. Like I'm so like, I want them to succeed so badly. Like I, I love it. But like, I, I would, I did not like the stadium stampede. I know there are people that do, it just wasn't for me. It just like I just I, I'm indifferent on it because I like I love the ending of it. I thought that yeah when they got the, the when they got, when they got to to the ending of it, it was really good. I think it was way too long. Um, I think one thing that um, you get is people like if it's going to be that long, you're going to get the comedy. You're gonna get the, the, the you're gonna get that. That's just gonna be part because you're gonna have to have it. You can't go that long with just crazy brutality. It's just not gonna work if they wanted to go that long. So I kind of get that, but it was way too long. Um, it was a long show, which all AEW shows are. And like I said, I don't know if they need to start earlier. I don't know if that's part of the problem. Um, but there is a point to where these shows just seem like they lose steam, and Everyone complains about it, so it's not like it's a it, it's it, it's a thing. Um, I get that they want, especially like this show, because this is I think that is it this or all in? Which one is supposed to be their WrestleMania? Um, I don't think they have it. Like all yeah, out. and to me, all out has not been that good, right? Yeah, like, uh, right. Actual like, shows have kind of flopped a little. Yeah. Right. So like the past two all outs, like they've been they've been okay, but they haven't been like you know home run shows to me, like. The revolution has definitely been really good, um, and there's like double or nothing has always been really good. But um, I don't know. I, honestly, in my opinion, I feel like that they treat each pay per view like this is their WrestleMania, right. yeah. and that's why they go four hours, and that's why they they drag these things out because they only do four a year, so they, it, they treat them that way. It, it does feel like to me that that Chicago is like their Mecca. Like it's right. like, like, you yeah. know, New York, like New York to the WWE, you know, like I think that like, so that's part of why I would say, I think all out is kind of positioned as the, the WrestleMania, but the actual shows haven't delivered right. what we've expected. So that's, that's only, oh. I guess, kind of, well, that's WrestleMania. It. So yeah. <laughs> there, there you go, perfect. So all out yeah. is WrestleMania. So, uh, but, um, so, but, and if this is the last cinematic match we get, yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Me too. Um, as unless you're gonna do like a Hardy thing, or because I don't know what it is. Jeff Hardy understands how to do this in a way that I don't think anybody, even Dar, like oh, I think Matt the Darby Allen was 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 really good. It's still I don't think 
like Matt Hardy has just like a way of doing this and doing the zaniness with like the rest of it, and it just works. Like I, I think maybe the only one that really didn't work was the WWE one. Yeah, that was the only one. Um, the rest of them, and that was still good. But the rest of them, you know, have usually been really good. Whenever he has full creative freedom, that's when the stuff is yes. really good, right? Good. When he and, and, it's, and it's crazy. And some of it, you're like, "Am I the only one that's getting this when I'm watching it?" Because it's yeah. like there's there's like so much inside stuff. And then you're like, "Oh no, everybody's getting this, and everyone's kind of enjoying this." But um, yeah, I I I was just kind of like indifferent. There were parts of it I really liked. There was parts yeah. of it that I thought were like like the Jericho and MJ F stuff. I really enjoyed. Yeah. But like some of the Sammy stuff, I thought was a little much. Um, I mean, I liked the story of it though. I liked the fact that you know, oh, there's the bolt cutters. I liked that. That was yeah. you know because that's something that you wouldn't normally see. And then when we got to when we got to back in front of the fans, and those fans went absolutely crazy. And you could hear the fans actually kind of enjoyed it, you yeah. know, because you could hear them. But right. yeah, I, I I was just kind of indifferent on it. Um, I thought the ending was awesome, and I thought that was a great moment to end the show on. Um, I do like one thing about this show is I do think that the tag title match probably should have been higher up on the card. Yeah. yeah. Um, I get what they were probably trying to do, but you know, I watched enough New Japan stuff that it doesn't matter. You put, you know. You can put all of those, no matter how good you think those title matches are, back to back to back to back to back, yeah. and it's fine. You know, you don't have to worry about doing the WWE. Oh, we're gonna do this is a high, this is a low stuff. Because yeah. um, I think that would have helped the show immensely. Because I think you probably still would have had that that drag, but if those last, you know, three to four matches had been, you know, people truly enjoyed it. Um, I think people would think even higher of this pay-per-view. Yeah. Because, like, like, I think this was a really good pay-per-view. I don't know if it was a great pay-per-view, even though it had, like, a ton of great matches. Just because just it was kind of disjointed in some places. So, Yeah, that's that's a good point about, with like, the, like, stacking the cards. Like, even if you have, like, like put all your good stuff kind of back-to-back-to-back towards the end of the right. card. Because I know, like, for New Japan, for me, that helps me a ton. Because if I watch live, I know they're not marketing, like, specifically towards me. It's in Japan. Right. But, like, because I'm watching overnight, if I'm watching live, like, that's how to keep me from falling asleep. Because, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because otherwise, because yeah. if they were doing, like, a match and, like, a... Like uh, like how WWE would do for WrestleMania, right. it'd be like a big match, and then it'd be like a women's tag team match, and then it'd be like the main event. I might fall asleep during the tag team right. match and just miss the main event if it's New Japan. Right. So, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, I thought the pay per view was really good. Um, I think it's going to go down as one of those special ones, just just based on the circumstances and and everything involved. Um, I, I think. I think it was the perfect way to restart AEW because, like Jungle Boy said, it feels like everything's kind of been on pause and like we're here to restart now. And like I really feel like that's that's the case. And one of the biggest things that even before like the pandemic hit and everything is like I told people like the live experience and the live crowd is just so different, and that is what will draw people in. And, and and really, if you think about what they did during the pandemic to lose the crowd and continue to still be able to have shows throughout the year and 
maintain and not lose a ton of momentum and then be able to just kind of, okay, here we go again. Let's restart. Like, that's pretty incredible. And, you know, like so many people want to call them, like compare them to TNA and all this other stuff. Like, this is such a different ball game. Like, I don't they, know if you're like comparing them to TNA. The, the yeah, only people that the only people that are like it's like when they're saying the ratings are similar. That's what but I'm that's saying. Just, but, the, the, but that's but that's completely invalid. Completely, it, invalid. It, it's invalid. And I'm not saying they're right, but that's what they like to do. Is like we've seen another TNA. This is like whatever. They're well, the thing I would say with that, even with the ratings, is that's nice. Except that the TNA ratings were all old guys for 100%. the most part. 100%. That's why they were getting those ratings. Um, this that's is why not nobody what was buying tickets. Right, it was because right. it was a bunch of old guys watching, yep. and you know they they I I always say this that I think the biggest mistake TNA made was not giving the title to Monty Brown. I oh yeah, 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 yep. I absolutely believe, and and not even looking in hindsight, because even if you look in hindsight, you give the title to Monty Brown. From there, you confuse him with Joe, and then magically, Kurt Angle falls in your lap. And now yeah. you have three guys that, even with Monty Brown, that people at least look as as bad dudes that you can just like have a three way feud with and kind of build the company around. And I think that would have helped TNA so much. Yeah. But instead, we got everything that we got. Yeah. Um, but but you had old dudes watching that. You don't have old dudes. Like I'm one of the oldest guys that was like I'm almost out of their demographic that watched this show. Yeah. And it is so refreshing. And like you were talking about like the crowds. Um you know, this is very much like when you when people and people don't I don't think realize this, when WWE turned things around in the nineties, it was because the crowds got really hot. And there weren't a lot of people there, but the crowds got hot and people were like, Hey, even the I want to be there because that looks like fun. You know, it was a lot like the ECW crowds. People wanted to go to ECW shows. My best friend hates pro wrestling. He does not like pro wrestling at all. <clears throat> and the only pro wrestling show he ever went with me was an ECW house show that came to Houston. And he, like, marked out for Sandman. He marked out getting hit with the cane by Sandman because he got hit in the head with the cane. Um, and he loved it. And he was like... If this was what wrestling was, I would go with you all the time. And I'm yeah. like, well, this isn't what wrestling is. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think once we start getting fans and probably a month after, because I think everything's going to be hot when everything yep. goes out. But I think eventually you're going to – WWE's going to fall into that rut, and you're going to get where it's just like there. And you're going to have fans sitting on their hands. You're going to have, you know, Raws that are half full. You have more people at SmackDown just because it's Friday. Um, but you won't have people interacting. Maybe they'll interact for, for Roman, but that's it. And every and everything else is just gonna fall flat. And yeah. it's and it's such we've now seen, thanks to the pandemic, how important fans are to pro wrestling. Yeah. We we definitely see that. If there was ever a question of how important they were, they are part of the show and you know, WWE not listening to those fans has led us to this point where they're just so it's so speaking, hard. Like speaking of that, from what I'm noticing now with WWE is I feel like they're taking steps back now to where the big guys are going to be the focus again. And the indie workers, the guys that can really work in the ring 
are going to just kind of be the the mid card guys. Like if you look at it, I mean, it's like Roman, it's it's Bobby Lashley, it's Cross, it's Drew McIntyre. Like, and I think that what they're going to try to do is separate themselves from AEW. Like, yeah, you might like those vanilla midgets that do flips, but we've got real men and real size and monsters, you know. So like when you watch this on TV, it's it's more believable. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of what they're going to try to do. But I feel like AEW is going to completely outperform well, them in every way. E- even if you do that, you look at if you look at AEW's roster, yeah. and you look at the big men in AEW, yeah. and they do. They got some big dudes in that company. People don't yeah. think of it like that. I mean, you're talking Archer, Miro, um, Wardlow, Wardlow, uh, uh the 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 uh, the bear dudes they're both yeah. big dudes yeah yeah bear country I mean, yeah they got so many big dudes that they could literally do a a Vince wet dream promotion and it would still be better yeah and, and the wrestling sure. would still be better because they're they're, sure. they're better big dudes Luchasaurus um, is another good one yeah I mean it's just it's yeah. a bunch of so it's it's utilizing your talent to the fullest that you can. And I think even if you like look at like NXT, the fact that you know people have gotten down on NXT because none of those guys have moved up. It does the, yep. that NXT roster has been pretty much the same thing now for almost four years. Yep. And it's just like, okay, what's you know the one of the fun things about NXT was the fact that 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 roster rotated, and you got new guys, new guys came up, other guys, you know, and you got to the point where guys didn't want to go up to the main roster because they knew what was going to happen. Yeah. But, but that was a special thing about NXT and, you know, and, and maybe if the pan, if you had, if the pandemic had happened and you were able to like send guys from NXT UK and back to, back to, you know, regular NXT and you know, you had the NXT in Japan and all of that stuff, maybe that would help with that. But I still don't know because I think there are, guys that are too big for NXT that are just like in NXT like like Adam Cole yes. should have been on the main roster forever ago By and far. him him being stuck there which I'm sure he's happy about in some ways cuz I'm sure he's like I go up there I'm just going to be nothing yeah um but still I mean it's it's and on top of that I would almost say and I've said this before you know so many people like champion NXT and they champion like, Hey, look when triple H takes over. Yeah. NXT has failed of every single thing they were supposed to do. They were supposed to stop guys from going to ROH. They were supposed to stop the, uh, you know, WrestleMania weekend stuff. Didn't happen. No, didn't happen. Then they were supposed to stop, um, ROH or AEW. that didn't happen. The performance center is a joke. I mean, we all talk about. It. I mean, you 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 see Ty Conte. I mean, that's that's all you need to see. Yeah, is yeah, the fact point. that so that, that when the, as far as she has progressed in the last year yep. is mind boggling, and the yep. fact that with her background, there is no reason why she shouldn't have been able to progress that way in the performance center. Other than it's evident that what they're doing at the performance center does not work. Yep. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And the thing is, too, for me is like with with NXT, it's like if you wanted it to be a developmental company, 
you don't put the best wrestlers in the world with that because it just it, it, it makes it different levels. You don't even want to watch any of those developmental guys when you've got Adam Cole and Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and, and Ricochet and Aleister Black and so on and so on. And so, like, to me, it's like, what was the what was your goal in doing that? Like, your goal was to create a super indie deal. And honestly, like, some of the takeovers were absolutely incredible, yeah, right? Live crowds, and it's like kind of your dream of what ROH could have ever been, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the same point, you know deep down they really don't have a huge investment in this. They don't believe in this, like – this is Triple H and Shawn Michaels' pet project now, and you can tell by the way that they do their matches. Like, it, literally, Shawn makes these Johnny Gargano matches like his <laughs> WrestleMania matches, yeah. and there's false finishes, you know, forty five times and all that. You they're know? looking, they're looking lovingly into each other's eyes, holding hands, <laughs> like I love you so much, but I have to do this to you. Like, yeah. yes, it's, yeah. it's 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 weird how they've done this. But, like, I really feel like WWE, like, they're not letting guys keep their names anymore. They're pushing big men again. I feel like with Nick Khan and bringing in all these corporate structure guys, like, this company is about to go really corporate. And they're going to be about selling digital content and events and things like that. And I think wrestling is like one of the furthest things on their mind. I really or, do. Like or just it. setting it up for a sale to right. you know, Universal. I one think of they're the going to sell it. I, it really yeah. feels like that they're they're building this thing to sell it. Like, and people are like, Vince would never sell, but I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I he seems so checked out to me. And like when you hear Mark Henry and Big Show and all those guys, like when they said that they talked to him and it wasn't like. He wasn't upset with them. He understood why they want to leave. And it's like that that fire in him of like, don't go there. It's it's all gone. Like, he's just like, it's fine. Well, Let that and go. and like I said, the fact that NXT is like failed at pretty much everything just makes I would think makes him think I cannot have, you know, Hunter take over. Yeah, because so true. it's going to it's going to fail. So I would rather just sell it and have somebody else. You know, that's not associated with me. Yes. You know, have it fail, and it'll be it it it'll be better for my legacy. Um, and then not only that, like, what do you think that the WWE is worth? Because to me, like, the UFC was sold for way more than what I thought it was worth, and I feel like like uh, you know MGM Universal right sold for eight point five million. I don't think it's out of the question to think that WWE could possibly sold by it for eight billion dollars. Like I really, yeah. oh, do I would think, I would, I could easily see like that. that because if you look at if you look at the current TV deal, mm-hmm. right, and and NBC Universal says, okay, we want everything, right, and we want everything on Peacock, then it's going to be about eight. I would think. Yeah. I would think it. I think I would easily see that. Um, you know, and you were talking about like like I don't. Like, I know a lot of people have said they think when Evolve starts up, that's going to help. I don't think that's going to help because no, I don't I don't think that – I think, if anything, they're going to fall back into what NXT used to be, which was just keep bringing on in indie guys. Like, if a go-go had gone to the Performance Center, I don't think we would even see him. And the one thing about him is that he has presence. You yes. look at him. He is a star. I mean, Great you're promo. Like, Yes, he can. He can do all of that, and 
he would just be stuck in the performance center. And you look at all of the guys that they have brought in like him, because they have. They brought in, you know, NFL guys. They brought in collegiate wrestlers. They brought in all of these guys that were supposed to be, and we don't hear about them. And it's so just like, as somebody that, that you know, followed WWE developmental in, when you had the, uh, you know, like Orton and Cena and all of that, um, it's so night and day because so many of those guys just were so much better, so much faster. Yeah. And even with, even with, with Vince's like not being able to not be able to bring guys up, um, you know, and guys that came up way too soon, like Chris masters who you definitely see now came up way too soon. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's wild too. Cause like with like, with the whole, I, I don't know. It's, like the whole, you're really on the money about like developmental not working. Like yep. it's it's very, it's very strange. Like how many people, how many people, truly, you know, through that system, do they have? They have Charlotte. They have Roman. Um, maybe you can say Bailey. Maybe. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, but you could say that <laughs> if you wanted. Um, you know, Sasha definitely wasn't one. I mean, she, you know. Now, yeah, she she is not your typical WWE person no. at all. No. You know, if you know anything about her and and like where her mind is when it comes to pro wrestling, um, so it's it's you know and they spent all that money on that and it just like there and then you know and a lot of people called it when they started signing up when they were like, well, that's gonna do it for the performance center. And when they started signing all those guys to keep them from you know to turn it into their own little special super indie. So, yeah. yeah, that's a big reason why I think that AEW or that NXT is like flatter and flatter now too. Is like before I used to get pumped up because it was like my favorite indie guys were getting signed to WWE. So it's like they're going to NXT. Like this is going to be awesome. At least they're. But now it's like they go there and I'm like, oh, I wish they would have went to AEW. Like like because right. like now there's like that actual. Now there's a super indie that's doing the super indie better than NXT is. One hundred percent. And then there's also just with to mixed throw it with out like there. Stings and Jericho's and Cody's and yeah. Kenny's, like it's it's amazing. And I just want to throw this out there too, like the only just to just to throw it out there. I know he's a decisive figure, and a lot of people don't like Jim Cornette. I totally understand it. I totally get it. But like OVW, the area you're talking about, Josh, yes. like that's yeah. like that's where a guy like Jim Cornette, regardless of how you feel about him, like he yeah. can contribute so much to the business if he yeah. can just stay out of his own way. Right. Like, like, like the only guy, the only guy that in that whole era that he was there was that did not like him and was like, eh, he didn't know what he was talking about was Batista. And he was the only one. And that was just because Cornette was thinking old school and yeah. did not and could not think of how this guy should be used. But, but I mean, to be honest, if Batista wasn't grabbed by Triple H and Evolution, like he's oh, right, not, right, he's not right, going right. anywhere. He's right. But they saw him and were like, you know, which yeah. I think is a bigger indictment on like the power plant from WCW. The fact that he walked in there and they were like, well, we, you know, we don't need you. Like right. who looks at him and says that, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, at the very least, you're like, hey, maybe we can do something with this guy because he's got he's got everything except for, you know, the skills and you, you know, the skills will come. You know, sure. Maybe. That's so, exactly how I feel about that Omos guy on Raw, by the way. Like, I mean, you, even if he can't wrestle much, like you just see, I, you're shaking your head, but I mean, 
And you have you have you ever actually watched him outside of like the one WrestleMania match you've seen? I have no interest in that guy. Just especially well, just WrestleMania, he, he didn't do anything. But he doesn't really have to. That's my whole point. Is like what Josh is saying. When you have a guy like that, like how do you not even? The guy's like legitimately seven feet plus and can move. Like he's not like he's not like a super athlete. But I mean, he can move well, better. Why than, wouldn't you? And this is the problem: is why wouldn't you just leave him in developmental so that he can develop? That's the that that's. That's one of the issues. I mean, the same thing was with Braun Strowman, was that you know he was never in NXT for that reason. It was because they were like, oh, well, we're just going to bring him up, yeah. and and you know when you work with better people, you get better. That's yes. that's how it goes. And um, I just it it the entire way they do it is just amazing because the OVW days were just so. I mean, that track record is so much better. Than yeah. what the performance center is, and even even um, before with with when they moved everything to Florida, FCW, before you actually yeah. had the actual, you it was still better. Yeah. Um. Even deep south, like they yeah. were like, yeah, something it's, was going on there at least. Right, and I mean, and before that, you had um, you had Memphis, so yeah. it was just it is what it is. But it 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 amazes me, and especially when you see the people that left the performance center and go to AEW. And it's not like Taikante is the only one. Um, right. She's just, she's just the best example who just have gotten better. And then it's also like you had Dustin Rhodes all that time and you right. did not use him for a coach. Why it's evident that you should have been using him as yeah. a coach. So yeah, for sure. I remember Luchas horse was one of those guys too, that they had yeah. didn't know what to do yeah. with. Yeah. Um, I see a super, super chat, chat from yeah. Hogan. Um, I, what was the breaking point for you guys to stop watching WWE regularly? For me, it was gender winning the title, then Hell in the Cell 2019. So I know, Josh, you said you don't watch anymore. And, like, that's kind of crazy to me because I remember when it was really bad and you still were watching it. So <laughs> what, what point did you just um, say, like, I'm done with this? It was honestly the Saudi deal was I was, like, done. Okay. I'm done. Um, okay. I was pretty much done before that, and I was just watching it because it was what you, you did. Need a reason, yeah. You just need yeah. a reason. To I needed. A, I, I needed. I and it was like I was pretty much. And then that happened, and I was like, you know what? And I can completely and and you know, being from Houston and and Doug can you know, and you understand the even if you're not in the oil business, yes. you get the oil business. It's For just sure. the way it is. And if you talk to anyone in the oil business, they will tell you. Yes, they do money. They do business with the Saudis. They don't like doing business with the Saudis. Yeah. Right. They don't like doing it. Um, yeah. And for WWE to do that, and plus the whole like women's revolution thing and all of that, yeah. which was always a joke anyways. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm done. You know, I, I, I can't I, I can't do this anymore. Um, I was literally sleeping through Raw, sleeping through the pay-per-views, which how do you sleep through the pay-per-views? Those should be yeah. like, which, and I was sleeping through the pay-per-views. Of course, this is when the pay-per-views were like, what, four, four and a half hours, yeah, which was ridiculous yeah. too. And they were just yeah. like ridiculous, but I'm sure that was part of it, but it was, that was, that was it for me. I mean, I, I kept watching because, you know, Daniel Bryan was there. Um, they, NXT at least had, I think Samoa Joe, no, Samoa Joe had just come up. Um, so, I'm a big Samoa Joe fan, like that. 
there are a lot of guys on the roster that I absolutely liked and that I had always liked. And so it was, there was enough there for me to watch. And then that happened. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I can't, yeah. I can't do this anymore. I can't support this company. Uh, my wife was shocked. She was like, what? I can't, I can't do it. I, there's, there's other things I can watch, you know? And that was even before AEW. I was just like, yeah. there's other things I can watch. I can watch New Japan. I can watch ROH. I can watch, you know, there's, there's other stuff that I can watch that I'll enjoy better. And that's what I did. So yeah. that was my. I don't, I don't even know if I can pinpoint, I guess for me, like it was like, it got pretty good around 2016. Like AJ came in and like, they were really focusing on in-ring matches and like AJ was killing it with Roman and Cena. And like, I was really into that. And, and there was a lot of good stuff going on. And then I just remembered like, Dude, you had like the greatest roster. Everything was going well. And now it's bad again. Like you were just so determined to ruin whatever good comes out of this. So I just got to the point to where I was like, I just don't care anymore. And then I just started mainly watching like takeovers. I never watched NXT weeklies. I would just watch takeovers because it was just such a different environment and then I got heavy into New Japan. Like when I went to um, WrestleMania weekend in Dallas and I saw Evolve and I saw Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. and, and all that, Kota Bushi, like I was just like, what is that? Like Marty <laughs> Scroll and all that. And yeah. then I watched BTE and the Bullet Club is fine with Cody and Kenny. And like that is when it was like, a whole new world had opened up to me. Like I still watched ring of honor, but I didn't understand like the UK talent. And that's when they like won Bola and they like just kind of took over. Right. So then I started looking up like RPW stuff. And I saw a bunch of like dream matches, like Will Ospreay and AJ Styles. And I watched Will and Marty. And like, I was just like, wow, these guys are unbelievable. So then when Will signed with new Japan, it was like, okay. And not only that, the English commentary started to be available for like all shows and then like Jericho and Omega. And it was just like, why do I watch this? Like this stuff sucks. You know what I mean? So that's really what did me in was just, I started to see so many other alternatives that were so much better. And you were able to follow on a consistent basis. So where it wasn't like you had to wait three months for a show or something like it was like, right. okay, ring of honor has this show. The new Japan has this show. And then, you know, and you could keep going. So then I was like, okay, I'm just to do this. And even impact, like, it, it had a pretty loaded roster for a while. Like it was in okay yeah. shape. And so like, I was able to watch that too. And uh, it, and then when AEW formed, it was just like, okay, like this is perfect. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was a, it was a, I'd say 2016 to me really like peaked in the ring. And then like, that's where I was like, wow. And then when WWE started to fall off again, that's when I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty similar to you. Like, I was I had like a foot out the door in like the early 2010s, but then they sucked me back in with how great NXT was and gave me all this hope that like it was going to get better. And it did for a while, like you just said, and I still do watch the pay-per-views. So like I still have that. And the good thing is when I watch the pay-per-views, I just watch the video packages and they catch me up on all the hours worth of TV. I didn't need to sit through. So like they explain it all and I know what's going on, but um. But for me, and it was actually in the super chat, my the biggest red flag ever to me was when they gave Jinder Mahal the title. Because that to me was like, you're going to take a guy who is a lifelong career jobber, like with no build, and you're going to hand him the title because 
because of where in the world the the network is opening right now. Like it was straight, it was a 100% marketing tool. And yep. that's when I was like, cause like, I know you, for, for you, Doug, I know like JBL, that was like one of the big ones for you. And, mm-hmm. and I, and I didn't like the JBL title run either, but like to me, the J the Jinder Mahal one was like 10 times worse because I, I just, I just, if, if they would have even had a build of even a couple months of him beating some people or like the U S title or something, I could have bought it, but just from jobber to champion the way they did it. And because it was literally based on ethnicity, it was like, like how, why, why, like what didn't people used to grow up like wanting to be the WWE champion their whole life? Like the boyhood dream, like didn't this used to mean something? Now it's just the network's opening up here. Just give them the title belt to carry around for promotional stuff. It's like, so that, that really hurt me a lot seeing that. Um, Chasing and, uh, a super chat, and he said Joe's uh, program with Brock was W's biggest missed opportunity the last five years, and that had so much good buildup. And I remember like Joe coming across like like a legit threat, like and it looked believable. And like he would like hunt Brock in the locker room, and like where are you at, Brock? You know, like it was it was really well done. And then the match was just kind of like, eh, and then like, they didn't do anything after that. Like he cut a great promo in Joe's face, him, him Roman and, or him, Joe and Heyman in the ring together. I'll never forget Samoa Joe, like yeah. actually went at him and like Brock, you could tell kind of got to him. He's like, this guy's going to talk to me like this. And it was yeah. like, he's in a, but Joe wasn't backing down either. Like that was those, those promos were all, like Heyman's promos in particular were really good to Joe, especially the, you know, all the Samoans are related, but yeah. none of them will claim you. Yes. And it was like, it was so good. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be like so, so good. And it bugged me that we never got like Joe and Roman when they were with, when, he, when Roman got with Heyman, because you could have went that way, especially yeah. with this current gimmick where yeah. it would be like, you know, I'm not at your table. So don't, you know, don't yeah. be coming to me like that. And I think it would have been a lot better than what we're getting, which is like from apparently it's just like the the opponent of the month. And yep. and that's and I think that's why people got like so excited about um, Bobby Lashley getting the title was yeah. because that felt at least somewhat organic because him and MVP were being so good. Like I would see the promos because I am a big like MVP fan. Um, And you would see those promos and you just be like, Oh wow, there is, there is something to this whole thing. And then they, they screwed that up anyways. And I'm like, I said, like I was a huge Lucha underground fan and that, that promotion was built specifically for me and all of my goofiness and all of my geekdom. And I see what they do with like Bray Wyatt. And I'm like, how did Lucha Underground pull this stuff off better than you're pulling off? Because they did all the same stuff that the, yeah. with with, and it it was it was so much better than what I see. And I'm just like, this just comes off so much. And apparently, there's like, we might still be getting piped in crowds as well because they're they go back to that, um, which you know is a huge mistake. Yeah. It's a huge, huge. That is not what you need because that's just going to turn fans even more, um, especially those front row people that are going to be like they can, they can make it very evident that they're not doing whatever it is you're hearing. Yeah. So, um, what do you think, real quick, about 
don't know if you can't keep up with it right now, but um, they're kind of doing like a crossover with Lucha Underground and MLW right now. It looks like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I have. I don't follow MLW that much. There's there's some guys I like, and there's a lot of stuff that, but but as soon as they started hinting that, every video that they would put up, and I absolutely like that season finale and the way they did it. They could have probably done it a little better, but I loved it. Because I was like, this could be really, really good. Um, I was shocked that it took someone that long to use the uh, Mel Mortez character. Because yeah. that, to me, that's just that so good. That character is so good and and absolutely perfect for for him. Um, just like, just so good. That so was good. he was Judas Messiah's before, right? That was right. the same dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um I can't I can't think of his name in AAA. He's a AAA dude. Um okay. he's main straight and triple A. But he's you know, and he's good, but that that's the best run he's ever had. I mean he's a legit uh, he was Judas Messiah, so Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What, what I was thinking this too, like do you guys think it'd be cool if like Miro goes on to terror and then Joe is the like a mystery challenger? Because they're doing this, like, Miro's going to kill you, Miro's going to kill you. Yeah. And, like, imagine if Joe shows up. That would be – that'd be good. I, yeah. I almost – I was thinking about this, that if you were going to bring in Suzuki, mm. Miro would be the perfect guy. Especially yeah, yes. have him Definitely. feud. And then and then Definitely. you have Archer go, I didn't do you, but I got somebody that I think can, and you have him watch out, especially in, a, in front of a live crowd that's going to just go absolutely nuts. And even if you're watching on TV and you have no idea who he is, those people live will know who he is and will sing along with that song and yeah. will go and will go and you'll be like, okay, I don't know who this guy is, but I don't know who this old dude is. And then that would be probably the one because Jim Ross loves him so much. You know, Jim Ross is going to put him over like, like, cause the few times they've talked about him on commentary, you know, Jim Ross puts him over like he's a god. So, yeah, no, I'm with you there, and I, I think uh, I, I would like to see Ishi versus uh, Miro also. Yeah, big time. That's my that, that's my number one right there. Yeah. I think that would be yeah. amazing, and I would like to just see Miro get pushed. You know, like yeah. really get put through deep water because I think he needs that. I think people look at him as just Rusev or whatever, and I'd like to see him kind of go through a a, a knockdown drag out war. And and see what he really has, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Ta- for me, Tomohiro Ishii would be like my number one option for for Rusev. But I, I love Minoru Suzuki. Like Ishii I, is the number one option for like a lot of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I, uh, true. And and I know I'm not alone in this either. Like when when Miro left WWE, I was hoping he'd go to New Japan because I thought that that would have been like a way to prove right. that he is the type of guy that yep. we thought he w- like could have been in the WWE. Right. So. Um, him wrestling that New Japan New Japan talent would be awesome. And then, of course, like my big, I bring him up every time we talk about New Japan. But my big pipe dream is is Shibata coming back. Like that's my big like. If he ever came back, like that's man, would he be something really special? But that's that's wishful thinking. But I, I I would I would add a name not from New Japan, but if if they could somehow bring in Go. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, from Rapunky uh, Yeah, yeah. That would be that. No, from uh from Pro Wrestling Noah. Oh, I'm thinking oh. of. Uh, I was. What was I thinking? Show. Go You're thinking show. show. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. show. That's show yeah, and yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. From, yeah. from um, he's awesome. 
and he would be like like that's one that's my other thing with New Japan is I really do feel like especially now it's very evident New Japan and I know the Japanese don't think like this they need to just raid the other promotions in a major yeah. way yeah, I know they yeah. don't think like that because they're like they're like ah eh, they aren't our guys but I yeah. think I I think I, I just Shingo definitely has shown that you should <laughs> that that you can bring those guys in and yeah. it would be great and you would fill out that roster so much better and you would fill in those slots that that that's a deep roster but it would still just work so much better in my opinion and would liven up that roster. So Yeah, no, I, I'm I love Shingo. I think he's awesome. And with I never even knew about Shingo till New Japan until like honestly just like a couple of years ago when he wrestled Will Ospreay well, and then I was just like, holy crap, this guy's legit. You can, you can say that about just about everybody in Dragon Gate. Dragon Gate is probably the most under... Like, when the Observer Awards came out and everyone freaked out, right? Um, if you really, really look at those awards, probably the promotion that was most underrepresented was Dragon Gate because they constantly put on the best awesome shows. They have really awesome wrestlers. Nobody watches, like, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but not enough people watch them, and they always get overlooked. But, um, and I'm guilty of that, too. I think just about everybody is. But yeah. they are, they are like, the promotion that most people overlook. And they have so much, and they, they bring in, they rotate talent in, like, crazy. So Nice. Well, Josh, I want to ask you a couple of questions just in general. So um, I was wondering uh, what made you start doing videos and uh, was, you, was any actually, of it? Uh, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> was any of it because of Bill and I? It was it was so back in the day, Jared, moral virus. Yes. Me and him um, knew each other way back in the day on a place called called MySpace. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, we yeah. were we were. We were in a wrestling group together, and okay. we had met. We were talking. I think we were actually talking on Yahoo, on Yahoo Messenger. That's how long ago that was. Um, and he was making videos again with you guys. Or, against, uh, against, about, against, against, against you guys. Against, against you guys. Against. And um, he was upset because he was like, his computer died, and he couldn't make any videos. And I had never watched any of your guys' videos. And so I'm like, what? what's right? And so he starts sending me, like, links. And so I start watching, and I start watching, and I start watching, and I start watching it, and finally I'm like, screw this. So I turned on, and that's, and I turned on the video camera and went from there, and that was pretty much, and then just kind of, it went, literally went from there, and he was freaking out because it was like no time, and I was getting like crazy, for the time, yeah, crazy yeah. views, and him um there was a guy um called oliver scott who is yep. uh from england yep. Yep. um and a bunch of other people that i don't even remember. those are the guys i remember the most just because um crazy mike i remember crazy him mike bit, yeah. You know, yeah um because those were the people that i clearly like talked to a lot yeah. and there was there was a group of about 10 of us that would talk nightly about wrestling and we'd yep. get on Skype and we would talk and we would talk and we would talk about a thousand different things. And, um, that's where C dude who was on here before that's chase. Yeah. Um, he, um, he's, your he's cousin, the one that, right? no, he is not. Oh, he's, okay. he's not my cousin. He is, you thought he was my, which, which is yeah. funny, which yeah. is funny, but he, uh, 
he's he um was, was kind of like even though he's like the youngest of us i think at the time he was he may have been 15 at the time oh wow, um, okay. he would like organize like all these massive skype chats because he like knew us all and yeah. he was the one that would like find everybody and would be like hey you got you need to come in and you need to do this and you need to do this and uh so yeah and like i still talk to like um him uh brandon uh there's marquee who's nightmare baller um yeah. Vic, who is lv yeah. uh, which i hated i hated him and like, <laughs> I, I never agreed with anything he said. Like, he just drove me nuts. And, like, and, and that's the thing, too, is, like, so here's my thing was, is, like, and what you have to understand is we're diehard mainstream wrestling fans, right? And so the first time that we're seeing guys like AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, all this is, like, TNA. So we are, like, loving everything that we're seeing. You know what I mean? We're not uh -huh. paying attention to ROH and all that other stuff. And that came later, right? And like I told Steve, I said, like, dude, when we went to ROH in Houston and, like, we left, like, me and Bill on the card ride home were like, dude, we're about to eat some serious food on this stuff. You know what I mean? Because I had it never seen – was a really good show, too. That I was had like... never seen anything like that. I remember, like, I was watching, like, Nakajima, and he was just stiff in the piss. Maybe it was Roderick Strong or something, and I was just like – like, this is different. This is, like, hard-hitting, you know? And then, like, by the time that Kenta and Davey happened and all that, yes. I was just like, oh, my God. And I literally <laughs> remember being at WrestleMania. And mind you, this is my first WrestleMania. It's Shawn Michaels' Undertaker. And all I was thinking about was ROH. Like, literally the whole time just thinking about Ring of Honor. So then I was like, oh, man, like, we said some stupid stuff about Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then – but I will say, like, Bill and I – like, we really cared about TNA. We wanted it to succeed. We thought it was the alternative. And if I had any idea of how, like, mishandled it was with Dixie Carter and all that, like, I would have known it had no chance, right? But, like, just the fact that it was a, a company that gave effort and had, like, a mix of, like, the top indie talent with mainstream guys like Kurt Angle and Sting and all that stuff, like, I loved the company. But... Trust me, I definitely started to understand when it was starting to go on the decline. And then that's when it's like, what do you do? Because you built this whole thing on WWE sucks, TNA rules. And now it's like, WWE sucks, but TNA's bad too. So now what? You know what I mean? But y'all y'all, y'all did kind of turn the corner though. Because I remember y'all started putting out videos about how good Ring of Honor was eventually. Yeah, and I mean, I think yeah. we did a video with, about TNA was like time to wave the, the, the white flag. Like, I remember over, that because you know, like, the, the, the camera was all screwed up for that one, I remember. Yeah, I think it was like a yeah. black and white distortion or something. I remember that video, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and keep in mind too, like like you're, you're way older than, than Bill and I. So like we were a little bit more immature and we – we kind of took on like almost like a pro wrestling persona. We wanted to cut promos. We started to become like this. Oh, you weren't the only ones that did that. No, I mean, for there sure. Was <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But like that's what it kind of became to where it was like we started talking crap on people and all this other stuff. But like when I, I knew we were cool when we met in person and there was like no ill will and it was like, oh, okay, like this is fine. And, and, and I've honestly, like my entire time being on YouTube, I've never met a hater in person. I've never met one. I've had plenty that have messaged me or whatever, but like I've never met one. But um, 
I, I will say this: like I think both of us benefited off of each other. Like at oh, the yeah. end of the day, like oh yeah, oh no, no, I, I, people would always say, and I went, I don't know, that's exactly what happened. And then the like what you, I think the thing with like me and like, I think there was definitely a set of fans who were like WWE fans yes. who were like ah TNA sucks, blah 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 blah. And then I think there was like, there were people like me who were like, ah, they're both really bad. And this was, and and this is why. And it was, and it it was very frustrating for me. And there, it's if you ever talk to anyone that's like around my age, we'll all say the same thing. It was always like frustrating after WCW went out of business when you had these new set of fans that would come along, and they'd be like, "Oh, well, there's only WWE," and we'd be like, "Well," and then they'd be like, "It's too hard to watch everything else," and I'd be like, "Wait a minute, yeah. you know, I was trading tapes." Yeah. Um. So this was. This is. This is so much. This is so much better. Now I was. You know. And you had guys before me that were. You know. Trading tapes before there was even like an RF video that you could yep. get just about anything from. And you had like all of that going on. Did, I got. I got a random question for you, Josh. Yeah. You ever. You ever tape trade with Dylan Hales? No. I like. Like I never had heard of Dylan until, which is weird, because. Even though I don't agree with him all the time, we think a lot alike. Yeah. And and um, so, like, I had never, like, the only people I, I tape traded with was there was a bunch of guys on the West Coast. Because when I started tape trading, it was stuff from Japan, and it was a lot of AAA stuff. Um, because AAA was, like, really, really, really good at the time. Um, so, and that was the best place to get the AAA stuff. Um, cause I couldn't find anybody in Houston, which is weird. Cause then after like, after I started making videos, you had all the other guys, you had all these guys that were like, Oh yeah, you know, I used to tape trade. And I'm like, well, where were you in like 1996? Right. Yeah. Um, I was just curious about Dylan because I, I actually lived in Nashville for like a decade before I moved to Atlanta last year. So like I've been like to a lot of sub shows and SCI mm-hmm. shows, the stuff that he does as a promoter yeah. now. And I've, I've seen y'all tweet at each other in the past. And I was like, it's just a small world. I figured that y'all were probably in that same yeah. kind of world. It was, you know? it, it, it's very much where like we started talking just because um, I was never a big Evolve like fan. Like I like there were Evolve shows I liked, but mm. I always was like, this is good. But if this was as good as everyone said it was, the fans would be a lot more lively. Because yeah. a lot of those shows, people would just be like, oh, this is good wrestling, you know. And it was like, oh, this is like no. Um, well, and like I was, I went to that Mania weekend Evolve, and it was pretty, it was pretty hot crowd, right? But then like you'd watch the future evolve shows and it was like, okay, this is like 200 people in a gymnasium and nobody's right. cheering. Like this right. is not what I thought it would be, you know? Right. And like, and like, um, I would watch, uh, PWG yes. and PWG would be hard to, for me to watch because the commentary was just so like, they could give a shit. And I'd yeah. be like, uh, I'd be like, I can't, I cannot not watch this without commentary. I can't do it. Um, and then you're like, Excalibur's going to be an AEW. Like, yeah, hey. I was like, no, this is not good. And then he was like, okay, he's being serious. And um, he's like the best they have. Yes. What I love about him is he just has so much knowledge. Like yeah. right. Tony well, and can, Jim Ross have no clue about half the stuff that he right. knows. So Right. And, uh, so me and him would kind of share that. And then from there, we just would start talking to each other. 
And um, especially like me and him were kind of like the first ones to notice when the um, GCW shows started getting hot. Because okay, we were like, that makes sense. We, we were like, we were like, wait a minute, these shows are doing like a lot more than the Evolve shows are doing, and they don't have the you know, and and the these are not, they don't have the name and they don't have the roster, and but they were like CZW shows, but they were like yes. doing well, right? Yeah, yes, it was like it was like, well, he was the first one I saw that the first um, Spring Break show, he was like, this will not be a normal like. This won't be like a normal deathmatch show. This will probably not have anything to do with that, and it wasn't, um, which is good. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's very. That's how we started talking was with okay. that, and then we just would would kind of went from there because, um, like like I don't think he's the biggest fan of like, um, the. The blood sport shows. I love the blood sport shows. That's right. Like, that's like my. That's was like. Oh my God! Somebody's finally doing this, and I love it. I think um, it's great too, by the way. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 I will be so glad, like, when they can start bringing in like talent from Japan and from other places, and they can actually like do like it should be done. Um, I think it would be. I think it'll be great. Um, Josh Barnett is a guy that I think should be in AEW because I think he would be a perfect heel to that crowd because he could just. Because if you've never seen Josh Barnett in purpose, that's a oh, big yeah. dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got him. I, I got to, I got to, he can take to steroids legally now. Yeah, but, so yes. he's he's right. as big as he wants. Yeah, they don't, they don't care. I, I, I met him outside of a Joe Rogan comedy show one time, actually. I, I got a picture with me. Yeah, Barnett is huge in person. Yes, it's like, oh, my God. You're like legit. And, and then you look at him and you're like, how did nobody – like? I guess WWE tried to get him one time, but he didn't feel like we were like serious about it. Because yeah. it's like, how could you? This guy can cut a promo, and he has this look. And... I think the steroid thing probably hurts him. Yeah, too, well, like, not, before that, before oh, that, right? Gotcha. But like, like when he was, like when he was doing the New Japan run, like that time, and apparently they didn't. They were like, ah, eh. the same time when they were trying to get Bob Sapp. Oh, okay, and, gotcha, and. It was the same thing where Bob Sapp didn't feel like they were being serious. And so I'm sure Bob Sapp felt like you're not, there's not enough zeros behind that one behind those ones. So, but um, yeah, like I love like blood sport is my thing. That was because I like, like the first time I ever, the first like compilation tape I ever got had um, UFWI stuff on it. And I was like, what is this? This Wait. is like, Nothing like I've ever seen. You know, uh, Paradigm Pro is doing a lot of that now. Yeah, on the indies, so it's uh, it's kind of making a comeback that you, the UWFI stuff. Yeah, and it's good as long as it's in like limited stuff because you can't like continually do it because it does you do you get you get into the 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 over grappling. Why am I just not watching MMA type right. stuff? Right, it's, it's oh yeah, so I'm it's, with it's you. It's good. In, it's good in small doses, so. Hey, uh, Josh, also, I was curious, just since you're a longtime wrestling fan, were, like, were there, like, Smarks back in the Hogan era? Yes. Like, there okay. were people, oh, yes. So, so, like, I didn't know them, but, like, when I realized that there were, like, there was more to pro wrestling than even, like, that I thought was probably when I was, like, 15 or so. Okay. Um, because then, 
you started like talking to like, especially because I had moved to Houston. And so there were a lot of like Latinos and Mexicans that you know, were like, this is pro wrestling, not this. And, and they would talk about it. And then from there you kind of go on. And like I said, I'd always read the uh, wrestling magazines. And if you read the wrestling magazines, you knew there was like other stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. And if you knew how to read kind of between the lines, even though they would keep it kayfabe, you kind of knew what they were actually saying. I remember like being at the grocery store one time and it said something like, is Sergeant, will you forgive Sergeant Slaughter for turning heel? Yeah. Like, and would you, and then I remember like two months later, he turned babyface again. And I was like, damn, like, did they just predict that? Or like, was that actually like a plant that they were kind of yeah. letting you know, like, hey, this is the story that's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember finding little things like that, that I was like, oh, okay. But like, to me, the internet. Oh yeah, the internet like changed all that. Because yeah. then you had, you had people sharing ideas, sharing what they knew versus what you knew versus like all of this stuff. Like I would get on and I would just start talking to people about wrestling. Because yeah. I had like, Two people I knew, I knew, not even my friends, just two people that I knew knew pro wrestling. And then once I like kind of smartened up, and I think I always have this, and my wife finds it absolutely hilarious when we like go to shows and stuff, because she's always yeah. like, you don't talk to a lot of people, especially WWE shows. I'm like, or even at like work, where I work, there's like wrestling fans, and I don't let them know that I talk wrestling, that I, I'm a big wrestling fan, because yeah. I know what it's going to be. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to get annoyed with them. So yeah. it's like, it's better, it's better just to be like, yeah, you know, I like wrestling and that's really when nice. I, whenever I'm waiting in line to like get into an event or I'm sitting next to somebody, I kind of just like try to casually hear the conversation that they're having. And then uh-huh. if they say certain things, I know that like, no, that's not even worth talking to. Or then it's like, oh, okay, they get it. I could go ahead and like, approach I don't know them. if you remember this, yeah. but what was the pay-per-view we saw, the TNA pay-per-view we saw in Houston? Victory was, Road 09. Victory, yeah. We were when we were waiting outside. You remember the guy that was swore up and down Undertaker was gonna show up? Oh god. Oh god. Oh god. I was just like, I'm going this way. Yeah. I'm going this way. Like Yeah, I remember being at a Raw oh. one time and this guy was so adamant about seeing Bubba Ray Bubba Ray Dudley was gonna see his sign and he was like up in the nosebleeds and he had a cardboard sign <laughs> and it was written in pencil and it said Bubba Ray looks like a peacock and he was just so adamant like think he gonna see my sign thinking I'm gonna and I went ahead and just gave up my place in life <laughs> and went to the back so I didn't have to hear him talk anymore. Yeah. Like there's certain people <laughs> where you're just like yeah I'm I'm good you know <laughs> but I remember like <laughs> I remember we would go to like a bar to watch the pay-per-views right and Bill he's just so like um uh, you know, if he thinks that you get it, like he'll just all of a sudden just like unload and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and so he's like, you know, who do you think is going to win between Triple H and Batista? We were just talking to this guy and uh, this guy was like, oh, it's going to be Batista. I just hope Triple H don't cheat. And Bill just like got up out of his seat and just like walked <laughs> off and went and sat somewhere else because oh, he knew God. that it's like not oh, not going not, anywhere. Not, yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my wife finds it absolutely like just because she's like, why are you? I'm like, I can't talk to like people who are like don't know. It's that it's it's like it's hard to explain. Yeah, and 
I mean, went to the AEW show, she got it because it was a bunch of people like that. Yeah. And once we got the once like once kind of the ice was broken, and that usually happens when I go to shows. Like if people recognize me, um, they don't say anything until somebody else says something, and then they say something, um, which is weird because I'm always like, I'm always like. I'm like, no one's going to recognize me. I haven't made a video in forever. And then there's somebody who always comes up and says something, and then five other people do. Um, but they, but she always finds it weird because she's like, well, you could talk to this person. And I'm like, I can, and I, but I have to, like, do those code words. Yes. And she's yeah. like, there's, there's yep. like, code words. And if they say certain words, I know that, okay, this is what I need to say because yep. it's like, it's like the... We went to a um, the first time I ever saw Joe live was at a TSAW show because okay. um, they were bringing him in. And so I went and like that was different because I went with Mike and we're sitting there and I turn around and me and this guy behind me, we had a conversation the whole time. And Mike, who I'm with, my friend and his buddy, who I'm with, were completely lost about what we were talking about because we were talking about ROH and all sorts of other stuff and it was it was absolutely crazy as we have a kid run in um, no, it's all good I understand <laughs> I've got two um, so yeah so it was it was she finds it very weird um, so that that happens that, she, that that I get recognized and then also the fact that I'm very selective about who I talk to when we're no not yet <laughs> no, not yet not yet that, that, that totally makes sense it's like the same yeah. reason that i don't go to like the bar to ever watch like ufc fights and stuff because like i can't like it's hard to like overhear like tables of people talking about like like so and so beat so and so and you're like oh that never even happened i'm just not right. gonna even get into this yeah. conversation right. people have no idea what they're talking about right now it's not even worth i've also fight. had like where like i've having a really good conversation and then they say something like jeff Jarrett is my favorite wrestler and then i'm like yeah. what how did this how did this happen like where do, where do we go you know or like um like oh I really like Batista because he looks good in a suit. A champion should look good in a suit. And I'm just like I don't care, you know. Like it's just weird how people like certain things. But I think that's definitely pro wrestling, though, right? There's just yeah. certain things that click for different right. people. And right, and 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 sometimes it's like like you were saying with Jeff Jarrett. Like I had a guy one time, um, who said uh, what he was like. Oh yeah, Jeff Jarrett's like one of my favorite wrestlers. And me and this other guy that were like kind of talking about like, eh, and then the guy left and he goes, he goes, I don't mind Jeff Jarrett because he's probably one of the best workers ever in the business as far as like, get, like, as far as like getting stuff done. Yeah. But, but yeah, I can't. Yeah. But, but yeah, I like, it's not an enjoyable process, but right. you get yeah. stuff done. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually, there's a girl that I know who recently asked me, like she's like, hey, because she knows I I like cover stuff with like MMA, and she knows like that's the UFC. But she she thinks like WWE is pro wrestling. She doesn't know that like there's like all these other companies. Mm -hmm. She just like, do you watch do you watch WWE and UFC? And I was like, this is gonna take so long to explain yeah, to her. Right. It's so long. But so I was just like, I was like, well, I watched the WWE for like 25 years, but like if you want. But I was like, but don't turn, but don't turn it on on Mondays to like judge me because like that's not what I like. Like you have to watch, yeah. you have to turn it on on Wednesdays. Like that's right. like 
like like AEW. I was trying to explain like there's AEW and like I and then like the second that it even came to my mind to be like independent wrestling.tv is actually where I watch most, but it's like not why don't right. just don't go there. Don't even just, go there. Just, yeah. just, go there. Right. just AEW WWE isn't really a great example of, but it is similar to the things that I like, but it it's such a long conversation, like you're saying. It's just like not even worth happening. I'm just like, yeah, I watch pro wrestling also. Right. You know, like, 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 and people go, oh, and then I'll be like, oh, because so many people, you know, you say pro wrestling, they think WWE. I mean, right, that's, exactly. and that's just the way it is. Um, and so, like, when I'm at work, like, it's weird because I work in a warehouse and, like, I'll have employees that'll be like, <laughs> be like, oh, yeah, I'm a pro wrestling fan and I'll start talking to them. And it's really funny because the ones that I actually talk the most wrestling with are the Latinos who are like, when they found out like that I knew about AAA and CMLL, they yeah. were like, "Oh my God, you know oh, about this?" And I'm yeah. like, "I'm like, I'm like, yeah, da, 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 da. And they're they 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 find it absolutely wonderful. And then they laugh because they think the same thing about the people. Like, oh yeah, you know, wrestling is is WWE, and there's nothing but WWE. Yeah. Um, which is which is which is weird because so many of them knew about ROH because of yeah. Roosh, and I was like, what? Like, like I had a bunch of them. They were like, "Oh yeah, they could, you know, because because a Roosh, Roosh is on there. He's good." And then I'm like, "Okay, this is this is not what I'm expecting." And it's and it's and it's older. There's it's some older people too. It's not like what I would have expected. But um, and like I said, I work in a warehouse, so like like t-shirts is something I'll wear. And like every once in a while, I will wear. I purposely wear. Rest, if I wear a wrestling t-shirt, it's one that I know people will not know is a wrestling t-shirt. Because yeah, right. it's not a WWE shirt. And they'll right. ask me, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just something that I like. And because um, I made the mistake one time. I have an old WWE shirt that I wore. And that was the biggest mistake Which ever. shirt? Which um, shirt? It was an old CM Punk shirt. And okay. so they were like... I, went, and I think he's like, coming I'm back? Never, I'm never doing that again. I'm never doing that again. Because all I got was like, oh, no, no, no. I was like... I'm like I don't even watch WWE anymore, you know. So, but yeah, I it, it's amazing. But I think that's part of the problem too. When you talk, when trying to get people to watch pro wrestling, is they they think WWE and they don't realize that there is this all this other stuff out there. And like I was saying before, I grew up in a time when you had WWF, W, um, well Crockett, um. It was easy to watch World Class. It was easy to watch Memphis. It was, you know, you could watch all of this stuff. You could watch AWA if you wanted. It was easy to watch that stuff. So, you know, every time that, like, WWE got bad, especially, like, like early 90, early mid-90s, it was like, why are we doing this? You know, why, why, you know, why, why are you, there's other stuff you can watch. So, yeah, for sure. I feel the same way now too, by the way, like that's like, they're just like we were talking about earlier. There's just so many options now that it's like, that's a big reason why I haven't been watching the WWE. It's just like, I, if I'm going to spend my time watching wrestling, there's just so many other things I could watch. And it's easier. Um, and it it's is. so much easier. It's all consolidated. Like, streaming is like, like, Oh my God, I can't imagine like, like 1994 me cannot imagine the fact that, wait a minute. You I mean, I can watch a new Japan you know, I can watch any, pretty much any show I want live in the world. That boggle, that just boggles my mind because it should not be. 
So yeah. technology it, is a wonderful thing sometimes. Sometimes yeah, it really is. And now I mean like like I'm saw earlier, you know, services like IWTV. Mm-hmm. You just go to Fight Talk, by the way, if you have, if you guys want to check out IWTV. Um but uh for nine for nine ninety nine a month, it's literally right. like I mean uh, an infinite amount of wrestling. Like I'm good for weeks on on just the service. And they have weekly shows now too. Like you know some companies that run literally a new show every week, and it's like just like watching on so, on TV. So what kind what what kind of indie wrestling do you like really like? Not just like 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 what's like I'm gonna I'm gonna watch something. This is like what I this is the type of indie wrestling I really like because a lot of people think indie wrestling and they think it's just all the same and it's not. Right. So so I I watch a wide variety of different promotions, but like and it's gonna sound a little biased because I just I mentioned some of them. Honestly, the the stuff that Dylan does, his mm-hmm. companies that he's involved with, I think are great. Like my favorite independent company is Southern Underground Pro out of Nashville. Um, and they're sister companies with Action Wrestling on Tyron, Georgia, SCI out of Chattanooga, uh, TWE out of Chattanooga, New, uh, New South is kind of linked in with out of Alabama. So, like, a lot of these kind of southeastern indies I really, really like. Um, I like GCW. I'm not, I'm not huge on deathmatch wrestling, but I respect, like, like when it's good. Nice. When it's yeah. good, it's, it's, there's something about it when it's really good. Yes. Sometimes it's not really good, but, and, 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 there's something about there's just there's something about those guys. Some of those guys are just like so have an aura about them that you can't really explain. Yes. Josh, so. have you heard about loco wrestling? Like that seems like it's starting to take off here in Houston. It's like I in the not. okay, so it's like Houston. It comes. It goes on at the Houston Premier Arena, and it's like every month. And what GCW is doing is it's GCW versus Loco Wrestling. Like oh. that's what they're doing. And like Sammy Guevara was there. Uh, Rhino, Rhino actually worked, but Sammy Guevara was yeah. just there in like attendance. But like they had um, the the Judas Macias or whatever he was mm-hmm. there. Like they have. And then, like, also just, like, recently, like, Chris Bay has shown up, not at local wrestling, but at the Houston premiere. Like, they, they're running a lot of shows now. Like, Chris Bay, Ace Austin, like, a lot of those type See, of people. And to me, up. that's taken forever because I would have thought that, and I and, and there's a lot of politics with that, too, that there would have been, like, a super indie in Houston just yeah. because you're that close to the border. You should be able to get you know, the Lucha talent to come in plus fly in other people. And you should be able to do a, like really do a really good super indie. And no one was ever able to do it because of the politics. I found out, I found out about wrestle circus after the first double or nothing show. I went to the very last wrestle circus show and it was incredible. Like I was so heartbroken when they were done because I was planning on going every month and like they were, they, they had like, basically everybody there and like it was like easy meet and greets and like you it was just a really chill environment like i would love for something to open up to be like something like that in texas but um i don't know we'll see we'll see how the the scene goes like there's a lot of people in corpus christi too they do a lot of stuff like it's uh hopefully it kind of takes off corpus has always gotten a lot of lucha talent. Like, yeah. like they're, they've always had a lot, of, a lot of lucha shows. So, and I know a lot of people that are like in Corpus that absolutely love AEW too. Like, yeah. they, they go to all those lucha shows, but they go to AEW for sure. So, 
We got a super chat here real quick. Um, you guys take on those super – what is your guys' take on the super fans front row at so many wrestling shows? Do you think they are seeking attention by wearing the same outfits? Uh, short answer good. is yes. I mean, I think there's it's it's like it's like anything else. Like that's kind of their gimmick, you know. Yeah. It's like it's like my my joke I always make is like they're just trying to get booked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. they're 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 showing up like green shirt guy wants to be green shirt guy on yeah, Raw. Brock you know Lesnar, I mean? like, Brock Lesnar guy. He was a double or nothing. I saw him in the crowd. Like to yeah. me, it's like it's like you know a big show is going on or whatever when you spot those guys in the crowd, but, like, that's all it is to me. Like, I'm not, like, a fan of them or anything. I'm just like, oh, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so, okay, there's so-and-so, and and you just go on. Or it's a tip-off of if you see enough of those people, this is is going to be one of those crowds. Yep. You know, this is going to be – and I mean that in a good way, but it's going to be one of, like, one of those crowds. And because I know there was a lot of people that, you know, they they see smarky fans – crowds is like a bad thing and i'm always like i don't really consider it a bad thing um because i think that it keeps the promotions honest in a lot of ways because they can't like half-ass it do you think though this is this is one thing that i've kind of struggled with in in like i think it was definitely the right move but for wwe's business i'm not sure it was the best idea was giving the fans what they wanted for daniel bryan in a sense, just because it it empowered them to where anything that they didn't like, they really crapped on, and I just don't think that that's oh. how WWE wanted to run their business. I I think that that was the case long before that. Yeah. I think that I think I think a lot of the John Cena hate. Um, comes from that it wasn't John Cena because yeah. if you if you like if you could take a time machine and you could go back and see like what the internet said about John Cena before he was all ever showed up on Smackdown it was he's gonna be the next he's going to be the next dude there was yeah. no quote when he had the prototype gimmick everyone was like that is the next dude there is no question the problem was he shows up he gets the mega push and then he is like the representation of everything everyone hated about well, not only that like he was cool at first with the right. rap gimmick and the heel yeah. and, like people he naturally got <clears throat> over at first right. he was just the boring ruthless aggression guy yeah. then with the rap gimmick he really got over and then it was like i'm gonna throw all that away and sell out to kids and become pg and everybody's like oh this is bull crap you know what i mean right so yeah and 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 you know and then the fact that he beat everybody that you know he was like the mega push guy um and i think and then so he got the brunt of that because there are times and um when you know the fans would cheer him and then be like oh no we're not supposed to cheer him right and it became that thing and i think wwe took that as oh it's just a fun thing of the you know that they that they're booing him and not realizing that this is a bigger problem because it represents that they don't really like what we're doing um, you know, people would, point point which to is the why they hated thing. Roman too, right? Right, it's because it was like right, the right. same path. It was this. Dude. It was the same thing. It was, and it was also the fact that, you know, Daniel Bryan, even though he wasn't like to that point yet, was still seen as everyone's a guy, yeah. right? Because another part of it is that they had eroded the fan base away so much that really all you had left was the diehards, and. You know they're going to show up at the shows and they're going to be like, "This sucks." We're going to let you know it sucks, and 
and then they're just like, well, you don't know what sells. And then right. it's like, well, wait a minute. Now businesses, you know, we're going to bury our heads in the sand and say that, oh, no, business is fine. And, you know, the, the, t the new TV deals were the worst thing possible because they absolutely were like, okay, it doesn't matter now. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And, and Even Peacock too, right? Because then it's like yeah. no more cancel the network or whatever. Right. They could care less. They already made the money. So they're yeah. go ahead right. and knock yourself out. Yeah. Like like as long as, as we're seeing uh, I it, it it it's amazing to me just how like much they just don't care. And really it started with like the network and the fact yeah. that I if I firmly believe if they had at least kept WrestleMania as a true pay-per-view, things would be better because they would at least be like, okay, with WrestleMania, we at least have to try. And yeah. it, it won't just be selling on the name. And and the thing that they forget, too, is like WrestleMania, to me, on WrestleMania weekend, especially back when the indies were hot, like WrestleMania was like the side Piece. Like I mainly went for the indie shows, the big, the big like international talent that would come in and all that. And like, I guess we'll go to Mania on Sunday. Right. Like that it was, was something not... to do. It was something to do on Sunday. It was something right. to like. And they made it out like this is the only reason people are coming. And it's like no, not at all. Like it, it's just, it's just crazy to me. Like how big everything else got outside of WWE. And and the thing is, they get so upset about all the other like companies there. The thing is, if they ran like access the way they should run access, yeah, then you know, like WrestleCon wouldn't even be a thing, right? Because because so and and but because they run it the way they run it, that like I, I would never go to access yeah. because of that because I'm not gonna sit there and and like oh I you know what what this is I gotta pay I gotta pay this much to get in and then I gotta pay. You know, this much more, and then it's not money. Not only that, you're waiting in line lines for certain yeah. guys, and yep. then they just switch them out. Right. So, like, right. all of a sudden, you could be waiting to meet, you know, the Undisputed Era, and they switch them out with the Bellas, and you're like, right. no, I don't I don't want this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, it's all like, stars are created equal or something. Like, no, right. like, it's, it's ridiculous. And, well, it's like, and not only that, like, WrestleCon will have legends like Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels and all that stuff. Like, that should be something that the WWE has. But, dude, if you look at the prices, I mean, $500, $300, like, just insane. Like, I, I just feel like that they are so out of touch with reality. Like, they are just right. – they, they are so tone deaf. They do not get what their fans want. And, and, I, and like I said, I don't even think they care. Like, yeah. to me, it's like – the biggest match you can do at SummerSlam is Roman Reigns and Cena, and that's what it sounds like is going to happen. But then they're going to mix it in with hosted by Cardi B. Like, dude, yeah. I don't, I don't want that at all. You know what I mean? Well, they think that it's going to be like it's, it's going to be the Bad Bunny thing all over again. Yep. Where where you're going to get the oh well you know we're getting all of this social media talk and it's like yeah but is it it's not adding to anything right right. You had all those people that completely like were over, and I'm glad he did good at WrestleMania. Apparently, but yeah. at the same time, you had all these people that were like, "Well, he means something because of this," and yeah. it was very evident that he meant absolutely jack. And right. you know, I mean, he he was over with the crowd. He did get a pop and all that stuff, and he did take it seriously. But like 
at the end of the day, it's just another one of those like celebrity appearances at WrestleMania. Like that's what it will be. But like, and then Priest got nothing out of it. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, he got nothing out of it. And what is he doing now? Like I don't right, even exactly. Know. Couldn't tell I have you. No idea. Yeah, I think I think he. I think the. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think the night after that after Priest and Bad Bunny won, I think Damien Priest wound up losing to The Miz and Morrison in a handicap right. match like the next night. So it's like you just basically just like nullify the whole thing and start over. So And like do they not get that like when you debut a guy that's over, like he has to win. Like I, yes. I don't understand this whole like bring him in, give him a nice big win once and then start jobbing him out and then we'll see if he can last and then maybe we'll push him later on down the road. Like, that's not well, how you do this. Well, I think I think they have that mindset with a lot of the people and then with Vince, all it takes is like one little thing right. that he isn't a fan of and then it's done. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what plans they had. The second Vince, you once you get out of favor with him for whatever reason, it's over. Like, look at Ricochet. Like, there's no reason he should be in the position he's in. But but guarantee Vince that there's something about Ricochet that Vince probably doesn't like, and it's like we just he's going to always just be at this level. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good he is. Yeah, so no, I I agree. So I'm waiting for when AEW brings in um, the Arrow guy uh, Adele. Um, yeah, yeah. When when they bring him because he's going to come in sooner or later. Right. I mean he's cl- he's cl- promote his uh, new show on show. Stars yeah. or whatever. So and then you're going to have like. And I said this when with Shaq, I said, said, you know, AW can do Shaq, can do him. There's probably somebody else they can do as far as stars, and it, they even do that better than WWE. And yeah, it's like, sure. what, what, you know, how far off the path have you guys gotten? Where even the stuff that you guys are supposed to be the very best at, you now are like so out of touch with. It's not even funny. I think at this point, all they're the best at is is production. Like their yes. actual, yep. like the way that they film things, like that. That's what they have everyone beat at. But like everything else, because it's like you guys have been talking about. Like they don't care. They have their money. Like they have their they have their TV deals. They don't care what fans like us think. We're not their demographic. Their demographic is children, straight up. It's it's a PG right. show for for kids that don't you, watch. That don't watch. Right. Right, they, yeah, kids, and, and and like and like you might like you might get some of their parents out of it, like because they're watching. Maybe I mean, like that's I think really that's all your best shot for. you have is like, uh, like, like even a Bill, right? Like he he watches AEW, that's his show. But like if he's going to take his kid to a wrestling show, he's more than likely going to take him to a WWE show. Like that's really like the closest thing that they're getting. It's not that appealing. And, like, even, like, the action figure section, I never go and see, like, a kid in the WWE wrestling figures. Right. I see adults. I see plenty of adults there, but I don't see kids. Like, it's not it's not the same. Yeah, that's very true. I, I've actually met, like, random people hunting for AEW figs. Like, we'll be – Oh, my God. It, it, it's like, well, we'll be standing next to each other in the toy aisle and, like, just looking at the same pegs, you know? And then it's like – but it's like someone like my age, you know, just kind of like you get that vibe, kind of like you were talking about at a wrestling show, except the, the only thing I ever ask anymore is I just go, are you a major mark? And every, and every time they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're here for AEW things. Like Dude, that, by like the way, I think Matt Cardona is going to be there with Nick Gage. Like, I think they're going to do a, a, something. Yeah, maybe they do. Nick Gage is going to open up he his mind to a whole, out. <laughs> a whole, whole new world. I get world. it, but, like, he yeah. keeps calling him out and keeps naming a Pacific date. Like, yeah. I really think that they're 
gonna do something. Yeah, I think they will too. They now might here's well. the question: Do you think Nick Gage ever shows up on AEW? I think there's a chance. I think he I, should. I, yeah, I think there's a chance because, and it's also one of those things because Nick. I mean, granted, he has a criminal history. Like, I get it, but like, what he did, yeah, he robbed a bank. But like, but when I feel like people look at that a little different than like, it's right. like he went in there with a gun and like <laughs> held people hostage. Right. Like he right. was in a desperate situation. He was on drugs. He handed them a note, and then like he turned himself in like a day later. And, and it even, adds to the gimmick. That's the other right, part of it. Right. Yeah. That's the other more, part of it. He's even more believable because right. of this. And and his only other screw up was like get like testing a positive for drugs when he was on probation, which really yeah. like isn't that yeah. big of a deal, really. Right. So it's like, so I it'd be different if the circumstances were different. But like I I, I for instance the WWE would never put him on TV. Right. But I think but I think AEW, especially knowing who their audience is. I think they could get away with, with putting like, it. I was shocked he was never part of the Cody thing. I was shocked because I thought oh, if they the, were going to the bring him in. Challenge? Yeah. I, I oh, figured yeah, okay. he would be one of the guys um, just because, and maybe he was supposed to be, and they were like, you know what? If we're going to bring him in, there needs to be like people here. I think because, he has an opening with Moxley, be, though. Like, because, at the end of the day, if they can do because, it, then it's him and Moxley. Because he connects to a crowd like a way that you have to be there to see. Like, I never, I yeah. never believed it. I never believed it until I actually was like live for it. Now I'm like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, this is like totally, not... totally different vibe. But he's going around <laughs> dabbing everyone up and hugging right. fans. I mean, like yes. you feel like you're a part of it. Like that's. Right. Yeah, it totally, totally, I, I totally, totally 100% get that. Here, Chase. How about that? <laughs> okay, so yeah. I, and you, you're only that? doing that because you know I like Warhorse. So I'm a Warhorse fan. I'm a Warhorse fan. Um, but yeah, Tony Khan wasn't, and we haven't seen him since. Yeah. And, I've, yeah. and I've actually heard things behind the scenes as to why Warhorse maybe never got a second chance. I don't want to like Put blast that out, there. but I've, I've heard, I've, I've heard things more than just that one match uh, being reasons why he's not there. But, I'm, um, I've always wondered who was the who were the people that Khan said no to because apparently there were people that he said no we're not doing this yeah. that Cody wanted to do and I've always been like okay I wonder who who that, who that was well, here here's an Easter egg for you and I don't know if this is true or not and I won't name any names but you can kind of put two and two together what I've heard is that when Eddie Kingston came in and obviously he got over huge yeah right. um that was supposed to be somebody else. And it was changed pretty much last minute because the other person couldn't make it to the show. So it was like, but but Kingston had just cut a promo. He just wrestled Brett Eisen on ICW No Holds Barred, cut that promo, and it was like ready to go. And like when the thing fell out with the other person, like the day before, two days before, they called up Eddie and like, and then like since then, it's been the biggest opportunity of his career, you know, so... Yeah. And speaking of Eddie, like I I know he'll make it when he when he has an action figure. Like I'll never thought I'd see like a legit detailed photo reel scan six inch like Eddie Kingston action figure. Like that's that's when I'll know he he for sure made it. And you were saying that about way. the action figures. My wife finds it like weird that we'll go to like We'll go and we'll be like, because I got the kids, so we're always yeah. in the toy, we're always in the toy aisle. At least you right? have the excuse. At least you yes. have the excuse. And, and she's always like, "There's never any AEW figures here," and I went, hey, "Exactly." And yep. she was like, "Yeah," because she was like, 
because when I was trying to find the Vader figure I got, she was like, are you going to be able to find that? I said, I do not know, but I am, you know, I'm not a big action figure dude, but that was one I wanted. Yeah, yeah, dude, Josh, I was able to get Series 2, like during the pandemic, right? Series 2 of AEW action figures. Mm-hmm. And okay, back I, I bought it for like, I bought it for like 150 150 yeah. bucks. Daddy, I was able 30. to flip it for 700. Tomorrow, Daddy, <laughs> yeah, we should wrap up soon anyway. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, oh, anyways, I was able to flip it for 700. That's how there popular you go. AEW was. Like, <laughs> and then I was able to rebuy the same set for like another $155 by just waiting a couple of months. The only reason people paid that much money is just because they wanted it first. That was it. Yep. I'm sure because my body can't sleep. You should be asleep, Dad. You should be asleep. You should be uh, asleep. Oh my body! Yeah. Okay, we'll go upstairs. <laughs> Steven, you just don't know, man. You just don't know. <laughs> you're right. I know. You're right. You're motivated to get your attention. It does not yes. matter what you say. It's over. Hey, I'm not judging. I just, I just don't have to. No. I shouldn't say I don't have to deal with it. It's just something that isn't a part of. My, yes, it's, my, it's, you know. it's. She has too much of my mother in her, so she's like, she won't be asleep for another, who knows when. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, my daughter's nine and my son will be three in August. And then my, so speaking of that, real quick, we will not have a stream on Tuesday. It'll have to go Thursday because it is my wife's, me and my wife's 14th year anniversary. So um, won't be doing that, but we'll probably do it on Thursday or something like that. So. Yeah, There's no I'm way planning. I can pull that off to do a stream on our anniversary. That won't happen. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm planning for Thursday as long as you do Thursday. Otherwise, we'll just have to take the week off. But yeah. my, uh, I haven't told you about this, but my dad, I, my dad fell the other day. Like he was oh, walking no. down the street, and like, I mean, he's in like really good shape. He's just six six, and he like missed a stair and broke two ribs on the fall. Yeah. So I'm going to be staying with him, like starting in like my my stepmom has to go out of out of town for business. So I'm going to be there for like the next week at his place and doing like all my work and streaming because like he just can't move, um, and you can't do anything about it. He has to wait for ribs to heal. So, um, but yeah, but so next week might be a little weird for me, anyways. But like we're we'll we'll try to do it on Thursday. Like that's the tentative plan for anybody listening right now. We normally do these Tuesdays. And also, Josh, just while I have the chance, because I know we're about to wrap it up, yeah. like, thank you very much for coming oh, you're out welcome. here, dude. Like, this is, like, uh, for someone who was a fan of both of you guys, like, as a fan watching YouTube, but back in the day, we're all old, but, like, you know, it, it really, I really feel old saying that, but it's, like, um... Oh, you, I go guys, back and watch, like, old videos, and I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, we're <laughs> like in 240p, you know, like, yeah, uh, like for, forget uh, HD, forget 1080p. But and, for real, like, I'm not, I'm not just saying this, like, my two favorite YouTube channels were Bill and Doug and True Slayer. So, like, this is literally, like, like this is a, this is a dream come true. This is, like, 18-year-old Steven Jensen, like, working out hard right now. So, like, I, I, I really can't think. I really hope you're able to do this again with us sometime. Or, or maybe you can come on. I have a, my own podcast. Maybe we can come on sometime and talk some indies and stuff because uh, this was awesome. Well, thank you. I know that wouldn't be an issue at all. I literally, like, people always ask why I don't, like, do videos anymore. And really, it's, it's very much, like, there's so many podcasts and there's so yep. many, like, people out there. And I'm always, like, there are people that cover it before i could cover it 
and yeah. I feel like you it better than I can do it. So it's always like, and they're or they're or they're going to say things pretty much verbatim of what I'm going to say anyways. So it's always like, you know, that that's that's and the time issue. That's the other thing. And YouTube is now a pain to do anything oh, on. Trust me. Like, it's been a huge shot in the ego when you're doing sixty thousand views and you're yes. only getting like four hundred. Like, dude, right. what? And like, not only that, like, I feel like the content's even better. Like, right. I was just some obnoxious kid talking crap, and and now it's like I'm giving you three hours of breaking down wrestling and fighting and whatever else, and it's it's not the same. But at the same point, like. Clearly, I have a lot to say, so I still right. enjoy having a platform to say what I want to say. Um, but no, like I really appreciate you coming on. I think it's funny because I think so many people think that we were like these like bitter enemies, and I never viewed you that way. Yeah. I definitely viewed you as more of like what what I think helped is we were the mainstream guys, and you were more like the indie like smart mark that watched all federations, and so like people could follow you also and get your take on things. I got and into then, new Japan because of you. I never watched like, you're the one who got me into, um, into uh, Nakamura. Like I yeah. like, you're like listening to you talking so highly about him, got me to, to watch new Japan. Like, well, and like ROH, right? Like I, if I wanted to know what a good ROH DVD was, I like, I'd watch your reviews and see like what, what's going on. So it's not like I'd never paid attention to the channel or anything. And then I remember there would be times where I'd watch something and then there would be like a slight dig at us or something. Like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> and I'd like want to say something back and stuff. But like I said, it's been never any animosity and I've always respected your opinion. Yeah, I, I think it was funny because I had like, when we met the first time was at the Booker T thing. Yeah. And, 100%. I had so many people come up and say, oh, you know Bill and Doug are here. I'm like, yeah, I met him like, when I first got here. Yeah. Because we were like in line with each other. Like, we walked in and we literally like walked in at the same time. It was it was absolutely like, they were like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's not like it's not like it's going down. Like, that's the thing, too, is like, they felt like, like, like the Kent Jones thing, like like Kent Jones yes. was a legit psycho. Like me yes, and Bill right. were more yeah. like had our stuff together and we understood what it was like. And like as long as everyone was friendly with each other, like there was no no issues. And so like as soon as you know you were friendly to us, we were friendly to you and 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 no problems. And like I said, I I did watch your content too. So it's not like I I completely I mean I didn't watch everything, but it's not like that that like I just completely threw your side. But a lot of it too was like, like we really didn't focus on too many people. Like we really right. just were about getting our message out there. And so like when we got tagged, like with the responses to comments and things like that, like we felt like we were obligated to, and like we blocked moral virus. And I remember people being so pissed about that. And I had no idea why, but like what, what made me want to block him was, was because he actually used our footage. Like he downloaded right, our right. footage and used it. And I was like, well, like that's going too far. And so I was like, fine, I'll just block him. But like, I didn't understand that people like still wanted to watch our stuff, even if they hated us or whatever. So it was like, to me, it's like, you don't like us anyways, we'll just block you. I don't care. And, and everybody was, like, outraged about that. Like, why would you do that? Da, da, da. And I was just like, dude, what's the big deal? I don't Well, the, I don't care. Me, and, me and Moral, what we would laugh, like, later, because the, the, when um, when I found out you guys blocked me yeah. at one point, and I was like, because, 
like I just made like a like like oh they blocked me blah 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 and that turned into like this big giant thing and me and him were literally on uh you or on Yahoo chatting and we were laughing our asses off because literally I just made a video going oh yeah they blocked me blah 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 and everyone was like oh my god it's World War Three and yeah it's funny you brought up the women's thing because yeah. um, I actually defended you when you said that. And people were like, "You're def-. I said, yeah, because he's not wrong. I said, I know, I, I get what he just didn't say it the right way. He goes, he's yeah. right, because these women's matches aren't any good. Yeah. So why put them on when you actually have, like, women out there who are actually And I remember, good? like, I was like, I like Trish, I like Lita. Like, I would explain to them, and they still were just like, you know, and like, Honestly, in today's society, if I'd have oh done that same stuff, I'd have got killed. Especially, man. especially with like the female wrestling fans are a different, totally breed. different breed. They are a different breed, and when you get into like the 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 the, the ones that I'm always like, really, are we really gonna go there? Because they get mad about like things that I'm like, are you thinking about this? Because you you seem like you're an intelligent person, and you're yeah. getting mad about stuff that is like. Stuff that it's just it amazes me. Um, it's like the AEW thing. It's like the last year and a half where people have just complained and complained and complained and complained and complained. Or the thing that I didn't even know that like the belt thing about the women's belt that I didn't even know about until somebody mentioned it, and I was like, "That's a thing. That's a yeah. thing. The size of the women's belt is a thing." And they're like, "Yeah, that's a that's a that's an actual like thing." I was like, yeah. "That's insane to me." That, you, yeah. that, that that there's these that there's these female fans and I'm like, what I think even gets me more is the fact that you have these fans that are like that, but they have no idea about stardom, and it's like, yeah. how can you be this diehard like, oh my god, you know, if you don't like women's wrestling, you're some sort of chauvinist pig, yeah. but but you won't watch stardom, right? So. Because like yeah. I think I think anybody and everybody should sign Julia tomorrow, and so that's just me. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. like I said, I, I got I, I was lucky that I did the the videos at the time that I did them, and I, and I also think too like part of me is like yes, I'd like to be more popular or bigger than what I am right now, but at the same point, man, like so much comes with that, like so much drama. You can offend so many people so easily. All it does is take one clip and they'll clip it on YouTube. It goes viral and then, or I mean on Twitter and it goes viral and then it's just like, bam, you just never Especially know. Especially when you're doing something like this, you're just it's just a stream of consciousness. Yeah, right. And you're it's not, easy, you're yeah. not even like, you're not even like aware sometimes of what you say. You just say something, yep. and you don't, you know, like Dave Meltzer has this happen all the time, where he's just spewing 100%. things, and people who don't listen to him on a regular basis have no idea what he just said, and they take it completely out of context. Yes. And you're like, do you understand what he's th-? like? The whole well, it's like, like the Charlotte stuff, right? And it's like yes. she's insecure. Mm-hmm. It's a it, in this business, it makes you insecure. And like it's clear she's gotten her mole removed. She's right. gotten some face stuff done. She was going to get her teeth done. The moment he says that, she cancels like her dental appointment or whatever and goes back to work. Like right, and clearly and, you're insecure. And, and all he was saying was, you know, that the pressure WWE puts on the women yes. is not right. And right. these people are like, won't even talk about that. And I'm like, this is like one of the this is the biggest company in the world that puts this pressure on the women that are there 
to get all of this plastic surgery done and yeah. you're defending it by saying that Dave Meltzer is being an idiot for saying this. And I'm just like... And then you get Rosenberg to get on Twitter and say that we need more progressive people following oh, yeah. wrestling and Rosen. don't listen to, to Dave yes. Meltzer. And I'm I, like... I, I'm like I rarely call someone a shill. Peter Rosenberg is a shill. 100%. Like, I mean, that is... Yeah. That was that was mind-boggling. Like, that wasn't even a post. The fact that he made a video yeah. saying that, I was like, really? Are you, are, are you... Are you... What is coming... And then it's like, well, why don't you recommend somebody? Because yeah. it's like, if Ariel did it, like, I mean, is that who you want? Because guess what? He's going to... He, he, he might kiss up to WWE a little bit more, but he's going to say the same thing. Yeah. So, like, wh- who, who do you want, you know, give me give me a source that you want that is not, you know, Ryan Satin. I mean, is that yeah. who they want? Oh, Yeah, that's pretty much where they're at. And I want, I want to say this just real quick because I just see it in the chat. People talking about PS Power in the chat. Pretty funny. Um, He still makes videos. Um, yes. I, and people are talking about the microphone and stuff. Just want to throw this out there. He actually just got a new microphone in like one of his recent videos. Finally, after all these years, got a new mic. Still uses the same webcam though. So, Josh, um, have you ever met PS Power? I have never. I never met him. I know people that have. They Is he like a full gimmick the whole time. Yes, like the full, like the, like 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 like. And I was, that was the first thing, that, that was well, the first thing I asked yeah. was that I said, "Is it? Was he in full?" And they're like. They're like, yeah, and you can in person you can even tell it more that it's like somewhat of an act. Um, so yeah, it was it was because you can definitely definitely. He, yeah. He's a guy I would love to have on, but I have Me a too. feeling that he would just go full on in character yeah. the whole time. It'd be great, though. I, no, the, I, I would do it. The, the only reason we can't. can't contact him, I was to say, there's no way of getting a hold of the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. give, give me PS Powers contact information. Whoever's got it, I'll invite him on. Yeah, I'll, I would love to have him on this show because because I think because I honestly think he's like ninety percent gimmick with what he does. Yes. Like it's yes. very because because he tells a lot of jokes that like I think if you're like a total. I don't even know what the right word is. I think there's people who listen to him and like honestly like don't realize what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But like he says certain things where I'm like. You would only say that to try to be funny. Like, there's no other way, reason you right. word certain things the way that you do. Like, you're he's trolling, which which I respect. So, yeah. dang. Well, I just lost my headset, so I think it's time to wrap it up, guys. I really right. appreciate right. you coming on, and uh, it was definitely awesome talking to you, Josh. And yes. uh, yeah, if you guys haven't liked the video, subscribe, and we'll catch you guys next time. Have a good one. <laughs>